Um, so we're live now. There is a bunch of people of varying, varying styles. That's the thing that was really nifty is there was like nerds. There was like turn up guys. There was like the white version of turn up guys. There was like all the things you could possibly <laughs> think of. There was, there was probably like nine sub genres of rap across like the various performers at this show. Um, oh. like oh. MOT, like fucking Chris Chrome was there. Ruga, other this guy pat from ottawa anyway a few more names i could go on but like it was just this eclectic mix of people that's what hi everybody <laughs> sorry hey what's up what's up what's up i was gonna say uh who threw that show though oh cy with the southwest music oh, room yeah he's got the next one lined up uh may 14th where may 14th yeah i know i literally was just talking to him yesterday uh he like i don't know commented on the video and stuff and uh yeah, he's uh, talking about maybe doing something with me soon, so we'll see. I'm going to probably go hit up that show on the 14th, though, so for sure. Yeah. Miss this one. Yeah, no, it's worth doing it. Blue Dog is a vibe. It's just a vibe. Mm. Um, I like places that you could describe as a vibe. But today we are here for you, Mr. Cuesta. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this is the show where we talk to interesting people such as yourselves, and we go through the story of your life trying to extract knowledge nuggets to better all of our individual experiences watching this. So, Thank you very much, brother. Happy to be here. Uh, with that, to get it all started, um, I have a proper opening, but we're going to have to run it way back for it to make sense. So we need to know where do you start your life, like the very beginning points of it all. Uh, we talking hip hop or we talking like life, like a little baby, <laughs> little baby quest that comes out, you know, the early right. parts. Um, well, I'll give it, uh, in like the nutshell version. Um, I don't know. I was born, uh, in the South shore, right. uh, you know, basically lived there for the young part of my life, uh, then moved all around the city. And then from there, I was actually in the Eastern townships for a while. Yeah, we're going to so, run like, through all of that with more detail than you're expecting, I promise. But what's really important is that you start this shit in the South Shore, which in Montreal, and for those of you who don't know, it's basically Montreal as far as you care. It is not Montreal as far as we care. But you guys would just <laughs> consider it Montreal if you're not from here. That's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No stuff. Um, honestly, like, though, bro, like, I was there till maybe like wow, six years old. So Trust. I don't have any actual. I mean, I have roots, but I don't have roots. Ah, man, we gotta. You'll see what the opening question. It just matters that you know you're coming from there, and then we'll just run it, and then it's a bit of a story, and then you're gonna see this is not maybe the normal interview thing. It's just a whole different thing. Um, and it starts <laughs> off, you know, with my girlfriend, and she'd be washing the dishes one time, right? She's got her phone out and she's playing that Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling, ooh. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. vibing, she's <laughs> dancing. And I'm looking at her and I go, when the fuck did this song become chores music? Right? Because like, if you really, really think about this fucking song and you run that back about 10 years, it was the celebration song. It was the middle of the night song. It was the happy song. Even the freaking kids was vibing the same way. It was the universal yeah, but- happy song of life. Yeah, but those people grow up and they have kids and they have dishes. That's to do exactly that what it up. is. So you know, time goes on. The song doesn't change at all because they be songs. But we evolve, and now all of a sudden we be sitting there in moments wishing we were having those fun times. Song brings us back to those better times. It got me thinking about the way. 
the relationship of music plays out in the lives of artists and musicians and such, especially like right now, if you think about all them 20-year-olds, they'd be running around, maybe they drilling, maybe they doing whatever they're doing. These people have no idea this is their future parenting slash dishes music, right? They don't know it. And they don't know that often... Like when a guy like they don't know they don't they don't they don't know that their baby is gonna be like bumping cheap teeth one day. You know what I mean? Facts <laughs> or like when I heard a pop smoke, it just skipped right to dishes music. Like it skipped all the steps and just entered at dishes music. Like it just kind of went there. But like I, I, don't, I don't know if pop smoke would agree, but okay. I mean, pop smoke makes ill You're music. You'd be like, you know, like you can't help uh-huh. it. <laughs> it's just what happens in my but life. Like, you just- I want you just play, you're like folding your towels and sheets when, uh, like, I don't know, like, Dior comes on. You know, try and do your little woo stomp, and then she'd be giving you the little fucking, like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, psh, I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> but, like, the reason I bring all that up is because, like, and you even kind of touched on yourself. When we think about the story as artists, oftentimes people be starting it at the hip-hop phase, I'll call it. They're about adolescents, whatever it is, and they discover hip-hop or they start writing. And all of a sudden, that's like the only lens of life that ever seems to exist for it, even though music is a pretty ethereal force. Like, there's a good chance that when you was a baby, I don't know what hospital you was at, but you popped out. There's a song playing. It's being absorbed by little you. You're in the South Shore. You probably have South Shore vibes that are different than the other vibes. All sorts of sounds and things are happening. Like, I can remember being, like, five years old in Cote saint Luke. My dad's got these gray boxes, right? Like, the radio, the tape deck, the amps, the preamps. Yeah. It's got the wires going out to the at-home surround sound systems and shit and he's be playing his led zeppelin tapes and things like that Uh, you know daytime nighttime though was mc mario club mixes and things like that is going on (laughs) my mom's though it was all these discos and disney's and musicals and love songs and all kinds of crap that was not my favorite but still ever present in my life and to this day i know um and so i bring all that up to say is there was a whole bunch of stuff happening in my life that influenced me heavy to being a adult and a musician even to this day so instead of starting at the normal point i was hoping you could bring us all the way back to the youngest quest that you can remember being and describe a little bit about what it sounded like to be you before you had any real control over the sounds uh well for sure uh like from the womb my mom was like putting headphones on her stomach and like throwing stuff on what it was i couldn't tell you but uh that's why as i grew up you as you grew up, uh, or sorry, as I grew up, I should say, uh, definitely rock influence, like Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, uh, and then also, too, on the other side of things, like, uh, you know what I mean, like, Miles Davis, weird things, my grandma used to listen to Julio Iglesias, for fuck's sake, uh, like, random, random things, so, like, basically, a little melange of, like, everything, bro, like, I can't really say anything particularly stuck out as far as, like, something that sticks in my head, but uh, when I was you know, picking my own music for a while, uh, actually became like heavy into like alternative and stuff. Like, uh, like I don't know, like you remember nine nine point nine, the buzz, yes, <laughs> the radio station. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was my that was shit. Like, when I was like that whole, yeah, that whole shit was my shit. And then to cross it over into rap, uh, I should mention this the other day. It would be um, like Rage Against the Machine, Beastie Boys, like the rock rap transition thing. And then from there, it just became hip hop after a certain point. No, that's fair. So, like, when you're young, though, is music like a big part of life in your household? Oh hell yeah, bro! Like my mom, like forget the TV, the the fucking well, the at the time the CD, the seven CD changer was on. You know what I mean? Like that was what was up. But like she would be 
I don't know, bumping, like I said, like fuck Fleetwood Mac, uh, random things, just like, like you said, like cleaning the house, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, doing the dishes, feeding the dogs, uh, this, that, like all household stuff, but like music was always, always in the background, like never missed. And like, did you at like a little age, even before the hip hop or the whatever, before you like, did you want to be in music? Were you like running around singing and dancing and shit? Uh, no, not that young. Uh, I would say, uh, when I was about like 12, 13, mm. uh, I was like writing, writing poems and shit. I wasn't really like writing lyrics per se. And, uh, then, uh, it was a high school dance and, uh, it was fucking Rage Against the Machine and I performed Rage Against the Machine live. And, uh, like, I don't know why it was just something that happened randomly. And bro, like since then, like that bug, cause me, when it comes to music, like, fuck, I love recording. I love uh, conceptualizing music. I love writing music. I love doing all those things. But my main niche is uh, performing. Mm. And, yeah, that's that's where I'm in my, like, fucking element in my zone. Like, I used to fucking host our shows just for the sake of having more time on the stage. Like, it sounds greedy, but, like... It's no, really actually, fun, that's like, a, that sounds smart. You get, more, you get paid more as a host. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you get a little <laughs> <tuck> extra. But, <laughs> yo, <laughs> before we go into all that, I'm telling you, man, this is, like the story of Questa. So like you aren't into music when you little, what is you into? Like are you like a sports guy? Was it other kinds uh, of passions? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. You took it right out of my mouth. You took it right out of my mouth. I was uh, definitely sports guy. Uh, I played baseball, hockey, basketball and football. Uh baseball was like a big one for a while. Like uh we got really good. Actually it was with one of my boys Tyler and uh we were in LaSalle and they actually uh, the league denied us from being on the same team <laughs> because it was like everybody on the other teams were angry about that. Not a brag, just whatever it was. It is what it is. Hockey, a couple years, but then really uh, basketball. Because so, I can remember, man. The only thing is, at one point, I got uh, a couple injuries in the knees and back and all that. So I couldn't really like play like the full force that I wanted to. Uh, ended up like you know and like reckonings and shit like that. Like it's not the same as when you're kind of going for it, but mm. yeah, it was definitely sports though for sure, for sure. And you say you was like moving around Montreal a whole bunch when you were little, or was it about in the South Shore? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, South Shore. Like I said, the first part of my life. Uh, from there, uh, ooh, there was like Redon LaSalle for a while. Then I uh, actually ended up in the Eastern Townships which was like a culture stock and a half like <laughs> yo eastern townships like, uh, is basically i i picture it like the south shore but i'm assuming it's east but i'm not a thousand percent sure <laughs> uh put it this way it's uh, the only country part well no it's not true maybe not the only country part but the only country part relative to montreal that's not like stupid far away okay uh bro like i used to get on the bus and I would have like, I don't know, an Orioles cap and I'd have it like a little crooked to the side because that was the way it was back then uh, with some baggy jeans. I'm walking onto a bus full of dudes with like NASCAR t-shirts and tight jeans and like hunting caps. <laughs> and, they're, like, and they're like looking at me and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Straight up. Like I was like, sore thumb, out of place, whatever. But it kind of mm. actually worked to my advantage. It kind of worked to my advantage because... Uh, Got a few girls on those buses back then that, uh, you know, saw me as an anomaly, I guess, if you want to put it that way. (laughs) Not not the worst thing. (laughs) No, I hear what you're saying. I went to a a wedding at a barn one time uh, in the country, and I was like, this is, these motherfuckers don't even, don't even acknowledge rap as dope. (laughs) 
Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. If, it, if, if it's not like, I don't know, well, I can't think of a good example, but like Garth Brooks at the time, we'll forget about it. <laughs> so, like, you're, are you still, like, in the pre-10 phase when you get out there, or is that more like a teenage year thing? Uh, yeah, no, when I'm out there, it's, uh, what, like, maybe 11 years old. So, like, I did, like, maybe my last year of elementary there, and then uh, in grade 9, my mom passed. So I ended up coming back uh, mm-hmm. to Montreal to live with my dad, who uh, I don't want to get into it too deep, but uh, we only lasted a couple of years, and then I was basically on my own, like, as of 17, so. Yeah, serious deals, which, fair enough. We don't have to get into whatever you don't want to. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out, you know, the little idiocentric, cool stories of your younger days, you know. <laughs> Uh, no, trust me, bro. I'm an open book. When it comes to all that shit, I've been more than healed, more than at peace mm. with it. Uh, life has given me plenty of peaches and not so many lemons. You know what I mean? So uh, I can I can definitely talk about any of the, any of that stuff now. Yeah. Like uh, pops, fuck. I actually ran into him once uh, once in uh, Lasalle. He lives in Lasalle. Funny enough, I live in Lasalle too now. And uh, yeah, like it was just a matter of like I wanted to say something, but I caught kind of got caught off guard. I guess like I might. I don't know, my cat got my tongue or whatever. Uh, but the next time I see him, I just want to, uh, like, acknowledge him in the sense of, like, yo, like, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, I don't care for anything. I don't need anything from him. Uh, it's just a matter of, like, I don't I don't walk around with grudges with anybody, period. Like, I used to go through a negative phase of life like that where it's, like, somebody did me wrong and it's, like, oh, I'm holding on to this forever. Mm. And it's, like, yo, fuck that. It's, like, negative city energy that you just don't need in your life, bro, like. Fuck that. Big facts. I just got to shout out Rico Blocks, who just popped into the chat. Hey, hey, hey. Rico, we got to do that Stick Poetry remix. Yeah. <laughs> do that remix. I don't know about it, but do it still. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, <clears throat> I think the culture shock thing you brought up is super interesting, just because a lot of us don't actually go to the eastern townships. I'm like, is it English out there or is it French? Uh, depends on where you're at. Uh, mm. Like, there's more French area, there's more English area. I was mostly in the English stuff. Uh, I went to a high school that was, like, the culmination of all the towns. So, like, every town has, like, their elementary, but there's only one real high school there, and it's, like, Massey Vanier. It's, like, I don't know, like, fuck, probably, like, 4,000 kids go there or something like that, because literally, it's literally the whole fucking... The whole Eastern town is one high school, you know what I mean? That's practically the size of Abbott in terms of, like, students. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, CJEP style, style, you know what I mean? Like, very interesting, eclectic group of people. You're going to meet, uh, you know. Everybody was very clicky, too. It's like, uh, wherever you're from, like, that's who you hang with. You know what I mean? Like, it was weird like that. But, I mean, whatever. I got used to it. I did okay there, but, like, ended up getting... Uh, kicked out at the end to be honest with you just because i was getting this shit it was mostly to do with like my mom passing and i was in a city headspace and i was just doing dumb things you know what i mean but yeah. uh yeah so basically you're doing a bunch of sports stuff and at what point do you start to care about music not necessarily as a musician but like as a fan of it i think you said you got into alternative first but like do you remember that moment when it just became more important to you uh yeah well it's like i said the first performance thing man like when i perform so like, sorry I not not so like, much as a performer i mean as like a fan like to a, oh like, music in general yeah yeah like like you know you're like 11 and you fucking hear this shit and it blows your mind or some crap like that uh well it's a fucking wacky band to throw out there but like one of the first things that like really put me in a in my feels or like got me in a mood or whatever was uh our lady peace 
funny enough. It's like a really oh, well, Canadian royalty, thing. you know? Or maybe that Canadian. I know. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, they are Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they right. are. They they're, are there. They're amazing. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Bro. I mean, it's just like uh, everything hits everybody different. You know what I mean? Like, and it was the timing, maybe, and it was the whatever vibe that I got off of it. But like, it just, it, it hit me. And it's like, sometimes, sometimes I'll like, I don't know, like people will ask me about that shit. They're like, ah. Oh, your first band or whatever i'll say our lady pieces they'll just look at me like i'm a fucking weirdo you know nah, bro. <laughs> but it's like whatever it makes, bro. they had like five classic albums full of emotional bangers of varying ranging mm-hmm. styles like how can you not listen to the vocal deliveries on a superman's dead and tell me that you know like it's like the rock version of the old man head syndrome you could bring it back to that with these guys <laughs> yeah definitely definitely and like rain uh rain Nida, i think is like, oh like, yeah singer, bro like He's a insanely talented vocalist, uh, and it's like he also throws the lyrical content in there as well too. Like I don't know, if, I don't know if you know them familiar wise, but like Navid, the song Navid yeah. back in the day, yeah, yeah, that was like for me, like blew my fucking brains out. Like I don't know, like and the video too was very like uh, weird and dark. It had like a ventriloquist puppet going on and like tanks and shit. It was very very bizarre, but I don't know what it was. It just it just fucking hit me. Like I can't. Like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? They hit me. Me too. I'm a huge Our Lady Peace fan to this day. I just, nobody wants Mm -hmm. to, nobody ever brings them up, but that's because they had had some bad (laughs) albums a bit later on in their career. But, like, they got like a solid five in a row that are just, to me, masterpieces. Uh, I have a, a friend too. He's in a band, uh, Mike, and uh, he's like a huge drum guy. And he always tells me all the time he's like the drummer from that band. I don't know his full name. I don't know his name's like Jeremy something. He's like he's uh, one of his top five favorite drummers, and he like fucking studies this shit like fucking an art. Like he like he went to school practically for this stuff. You know what I mean? So and it's just another thing to throw into that band's uh, namesake is that like you know you got Rain, and then you got this guy who's like considered one of the better drummers at least in Canada, hundred percent, if not worldwide. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, they're just they're just an interesting. They caught my ear uh, again. The timing was right. Uh, and you it is what it is. Nah, it's a cool it's a cool name for me at least. <laughs> uh but do you remember how you would find new music back then? Like let's say now you're interested. Uh, how are you digging through the crates as a little eleven, twelve year old? Yeah, well basically what you would do is uh you would hear shit on the radio most of the time and then uh at one point uh not my proudest thing, I'll say it out loud anyway, but like uh the, you know, the Columbia House, you get eleven CDs for a penny or whatever. That's what it is. <laughs> I did that. I probably did that like maybe you know ten times. <laughs> so my CD collection or tape collection at one point was pretty good. Right, you were just um, playing the I mean, Netflix trial game before it was cool. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except no, I, th- I would say it would be more like stealing someone's Netflix password and just like writing it out until you get caught. <laughs> but you good, but that's the upstairs. Yeah, man. If it wasn't for that, then it would be like uh, fucking like bargain bins or like church bazaars or like stupid shit where it's just like you know you find like I don't know KRS One I got next in like a rando bin you know <laughs> like for like a dollar and then like that's my CD for the next month or whatever until I find some new shit you know going in my uh, Panasonic stock Panasonic stock wave. <laughs> uh, man, these are some good times. I relate to everything you said. I forgot about those bazaars. <laughs> Like, I used to actually go to that shit. They used to, like, throw them all over in every neighborhood, school basement and shit. People be renting tables. You fucking die. My dad used to show up and, like, flip shit. Like, he'd go buy random shit and then try to flip it at this stuff. (laughs) 
So, yeah. you know what? Sometimes it would hit. Sometimes it would not hit. <laughs> hey, Dad's just trying to make a buck. Yo, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, no, yeah, like those things, like, uh, well, I don't know. Like, you know, friends, obviously, you like swap CDs and shit like that. Um, I used to record a lot of stuff off the radio. Like, that was my move. Like, get a blank tape and just record. And, fuck, I was just listening to the radio all day trying to find good shit. And then that's the worst, too. It's like you're waiting on a certain new song. And like they don't play it for like half the day, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're sitting there waiting to record that shit. Yo, anyway. I do know that grind, but shut up, DJ Magnanimous. You go to the house party with one burn CD, you leave with four original CDs. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. There you go. I've been there, done that. <laughs> mm. So you kind of running through the. The whole high school game, you're a fan, you're just bopping around, you're more into the sports. Evidently, you learn a Rage Against the Machine song at some point or another. And yep. you said you were writing, I think. I, I might be wrong about mm-hmm. that. Like poetry, po- I don't know if I'm right. But if so, yeah, when no, did you start to yeah. get into that? <clears throat> uh, that was like ooh, maybe 12-ish or something. Um, right around like the time my mom was passing uh i was kind of like getting into uh, a little bit more darker not darker in the sense of like i was writing darker it was just like you know my brain kind of changed a little bit i guess psychologically it's gonna happen to you when you're going through some shit like that but uh yeah generally speaking like uh i don't know like i got influenced by like you know the wu-tangs of the world and the this of the world and like the darker darker grittier hip-hop let's say and I wasn't necessarily writing the poems to like make them into songs. It's just they started becoming more rhythmic. They started becoming more rhymey. They started, you know what I mean? And like I just kind of like applied it to a beat here and there and see how it works. And then like from there, I kind of evolved and just met a couple people, started recording, and the snowball rolled down the fucking hill. You know, never stopped. So you basically you're simultaneous to like so you're writing through this all through high school. You're kind of from twelve thirteen. Do you start doing the recording before that Rage Against the Machine experience? So this is just like a thing that was happening in your life in the back burner? No, no, no. Like the recording came later down the line. Like mm. I'd say first recording stuff was maybe 15, 16. Uh, actually, no, maybe before that. 14, let's say. Uh, it was me and this French dude. Uh, Polo and the Bomb was our group. <laughs> I was the bomb. He was Polo. Uh, and <laughs> And uh, he had the ability to record, like, fucking tapes. You know what I mean? Like, tapes. Basically, like, a, a glorified karaoke machine, if you want to put it that way. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, from there, uh, it took a little while before I actually recorded, recorded seriously. I met Dave when I was, uh, ooh, let's say, 16 in economics class. So uh, the day I met Dave Hodges is the day that music started becoming a little bit more real. Hold on. So you met Dave Hodges in economics class. Before we go into that, because I do know who that is, um, Mm -hmm. when did the Rage Against the Machine performance happen? Oh, bro, like uh, 12, maybe. Okay, so that (laughs) happens when you're like 12. So you you discover them. And then, yeah, so what what happens with that? Uh, It was just, like I said, uh, I picked up a mic. uh, For some reason, somebody had that instrumental lined up. Uh, Like, I... I guess I must have done it like at like maybe a house party or something before because it was like something that was asked for at the time. You know what I mean? At that particular dance, mm. I don't really remember the back. Don't remember the backstory, unfortunately, that well. But, uh, but yeah, somebody had the instrumental lined up, and I got up on there and I did it, and everybody kind of like just was shocked, and I was like fucking in the zone. I was like Zach De La Rocha reincarnated, and uh, <laughs> the 
fucking lost it and like and like again that energy that i caught off that was just like bro like i need this all the time you know what i mean this is like that juice that you need to keep your shit going and i just from there i always did that afterwards like house parties and shit like that i would always at bare minimum if i'm not ciphering then i'm picking up a mic with like a band in the background and just freestyling and that kind of shit you know that's ill and so you're, you're basically at that point just trying to get whatever attention you can get at that point because i guess you're young so attention is really what we're going for and your manifestation of that is rapping and otherwise being impressive yeah i guess so yeah but i mean the attention part i mean yeah definitely it played a big role but it was more like the rush of like people's faces people's like shocked attitude and then like yeah, okay, yeah, for sure, getting off the stage, getting high fives, and, you know, getting a few looks from girls and stuff doesn't hurt anything, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was, like, I fell in love with, like, the performing thing more in the sense of, like, I like, I don't know, I like being in that spotlight, I guess, if you want to put it that way, and if if that's related to attention, call it attention, I guess, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, it's just something, something about that shit I love, like, and that's what I cannot wait for since fucking covid been going on and all this and now that we're back to a little bit of uh, semblance of reality i'm like itching to get the fuck out there soon like i want to i just need my catalog to grow a little bit you know i hear what she's saying it's pretty incredible too it just like unpaused like it was just it's just unpaused and everything's happening again and yeah 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 it's pretty like some people can adjust some people can adjust some people can't i've been like uh, even during the pandemic i mean obviously when shit was locked down you can't do anything there it is what it is but like any opportunity that i could say yes to go do something when there was like some like little bit of free space or free time in between like you know delta and omicron and this and that and that i was out i was doing i was doing shit bro i was yeah. always out like every chance i could get but i'm out now you know so Nah, I hear you, man. I mean, I, my plan was to go out, and then I went out one time and caught the motherfucker, so now I'm back out again. But that's cool. I'm like, it's a blessing. Don't you want to get it, yeah. like, now, and it's still kind of shitty weather, you know? And then they say it's like a booster shot, so it's like getting a fucking booster shot just like that for free. I fucking love this shit. Yeah, kind of, if you look at it that way. Also, too, like, you caught the, la- the latest one? Yeah, like, like the like, weakest, whatever, yeah. like... Like, yeah. I'm kind of tired. I'm, like, 90% now. It was pretty mild. I barely... I didn't know I had it. it. My girlfriend, I think, took it a little bit heavier. And then we just said, okay, well, maybe just to be safe. And then I was like, oh, fuck me. Oh, fuck me. Went to the office at work. Everything. Not a good look is what it is. Um, but, yeah, it's not that scary. Um, well, for me, you might be scared if you have autoimmune diseases or other of the reasons to be afraid of it, which respect and all that oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. And no disrespect and no uh, taking it lightly for those, like you said, with immunity deficiencies or that are elderly or that, you know what I mean? Like shit that, like people that can't fight it. And that's why, like, I'll always respect the mask and the uh, disrespect. Mm. Like, I'll never, fucking I'll never be like that mask shit at the bars. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Neither. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, definitely not. But, like, look at who's at the bar, though. It's not like, you know, Facts. Like grandma, or it's not like, you know. Nah, and the stars that. and shit, I'm like, yeah. really about it. I don't really. It, it's kind of like, I don't know how much I want to be with my full face in the store. You know, like, let's think this all through before we ask to get rid of everything. You know, let's keep an option to keep the mask on. Because if y'all remember it, it was illegal to cover your face in stores prior to this. So. Mm hmm. 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you were saying you were saying I was speaking to you off camera one day, and you're talking about like you want to just like throw it into your normal wardrobe now, <laughs> no, <laughs> no matter like, what happens going forward. Yeah, yeah. Like, there might just be like a mask moment, yo. Like, cause I got this STM mask and it's lit, and then I got like the mask that goes with my jacket. So it's like okay, but like. <laughs> you know that's different and then i shot like a reel with a mask on and it couldn't tell that it fucked up a lyric here and there and i'm like fuck man you know like there's a lot of advantages to this shit <laughs> yeah, the benefits of the mask apparently <laughs> no well, with me with me it's like i always uh respect the mask and it disinfected because it's like not about you it's about other people at that point you know what yeah. i mean like which is fine i have no beef with that but like as far as like lockdowns and curfews and all this nah, shit, like, what did you get yeah, what are we doing from that? Like the numbers like fluctuated. Just well, okay, maybe they went down slightly during like lockdown when nobody was going anywhere. But like, bro, like I don't know. People, people need to catch this. Shit. Like I'm sorry to say, not the not the weak, hundred percent, but like normal day to day people that have the ability to fight this off in like with their own immune system well, need to even... eventually catch it at one point. It's like the flu. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean that's why like the way the vaccines, which is I find calling them vaccines was weird. They're more like inoculations. I mean, maybe inoculations are vaccines and I'm getting confused. I think I looked that shit up one time. But, like, you know how you get that shit when you're young that you got to get, like, five shots for before it even, like, starts to count? Like, the there's that one you get in grade four that's, like, a bunch of shots. So, it's, like, I think the way they called it was bad marketing. And had they called yeah. it, like, anything else... <laughs> It would have changed the nature of the conversation because evidently I didn't suffer as much because I'm double but not triple vaxxed. Maybe I would have suffered less if I was tripled, but I'm not. But I'm doubled. So as I understand it, my suffering was less. And Mm -hmm. I just don't know how that never ended up in the bigger conversation. That's all that was yeah, like, like really real. happening for in real. this shit. But because they called it a vaccination and motherfuckers don't know science a lot, it like got really weird on the internet and shit. Yeah, well, it's like you said, like the, the term vaccination kind of, kind of has like a negative connotation to it. And then also, too, it's like the timing of when they were doing this and when they're like bringing it up. It's like they've already created a, like a, a fearful population. You know what I mean? Like a fearful population in the sense of like they. They fear the disease, they fear going out, they fear contacting people, they fear getting other people sick. And so this is already their mindset. And then you throw the word vaccination, like you said, it's, it's rough on certain people. Like for me, I did the double vax, I'm not gonna lie, to uh, like gain the little mini freedoms. It's like selfish and it's not a Bro, great I was like, I'm it, going but... to New York City, I have to get fucking double vax, there's no choice. I'm not not going to New York City. Like it was just in my soul already happening. Like, I mean, that's it, bro. Like, it's like again. But then, uh, when the third one rolled around, I was like, you know, very skeptical. Like, I was, I was going to Mexico. I was already planned, so it was like, I kind of was like, you know, thinking about it if it had to be done. But like, I was very like on the fence about that third one. You know what I mean? Like, I want my body to be able to fight shit on its own. You know what I mean? Like, to an extent, I I'm not against the first back or even the second. I got both, but. You know, once it becomes a thing where you're, like, taking a shot every six months, like, eh, I don't know if your body necessarily needs that if you're a healthy person or a healthy enough person. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, like, counterproductive, I feel, almost. I don't know. I can go back and forth on both directions with equal conspiracy-level fucking thoughts on that shit in both directions, right? Because, like, 
all I know is I went to Pakistan one time and I took all the shots and my homeboy was like, I'm Pakistani. I don't need to take all the shots. It's in my blood. He was wrong as fuck and we ate KFC for a fucking week because he was paranoid. He was wrong as fuck about the fucking biomes. And, the, and so like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I did this shit unrelated to all this and you know i lived through it and uh, and then i saw what it's like to be with that shit in another part yo bro and you can't like drink tap water and shit you be rethinking everything and like you're taking malaria pills you'd be looking at flies like that motherfucker could kill me (laughs) (laughs) mosquitoes i think so it's like things things that we don't think of necessarily uh so man if they be telling me to take shit i'll think it through I'm, like, not afraid of it. I honestly was apathetic about fucking getting out of my crib to go get the shot. It wasn't even about if I should. It was, like, I don't want to spend a day fucking dealing with that shit. And I never got around to it. And then, like, now I just got COVID. Like, right now I'm on day three of isolation. So, like, I'm good. (laughs) Okay, but wait. You're talking about round three, though, at this point? Yeah, the th- general, so, like the no, the first joke. two I got once I like realized yeah. I'm going to New York. This isn't like a joke. They're not gonna let me travel, so I got it like yeah. pretty quick because I just needed to get that shit done. I mean, like once you already know, and then by the time anything was like vaccination passported, I was just ready. So like I never really was impacted, but I did go to like one event, the one of these festivals where it had the fence. And I was inside the fence, and they was not, and it was weird. And that was that was a weird vibe, but yeah, segregation and like. uh, But it was so like like, bizarre, right? Because in my day job, everybody be like bragging about vaccinations, right? Like they bragging like, "Yo, I'm Pfizer gang. I'm the other one gang. This, that, the next (laughs) thing." And then like in the music side where arguably there's a little bit more on both mental health issues and skepticisms and probably some correlations there. Wild anti-vax shit. On the corpo side, where most people are kind of grounded, wild, like, I trust the scientists. And that was a stat that, like, uh, oh, yeah, Rico Blocks was there with me. We was outside smoke. That's when I met Rico Blocks was at that very festival. Um, Uh, shit. (laughs) And, uh, but, yeah, it was just, like, to me, it was wild watching these two completely different universes of mine low-key not like each other and have no idea they was hating each other. But I was watching that shit play out because you all have people like if you heard some of the shit my colleagues be saying about like anti-vaxxers, you would be like, oh, say word. It's like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like it created a divide amongst the society and it's fucked up because like I literally chill with people on a regular basis that are anti and it's not a matter of they're like so like anti in the sense of like they believe in the conspiracy of like, oh, you're getting injected with this and that and blah, blah, blah. They're more in the sense of they just want to be pro uh, immune system, pro uh, personal health, pro like, like that's it, you know? Mm. And and I'm double vaxxed and like a couple of them, like it came up maybe once or twice as like a joke in the sense of like, ah, uh, they, jab, they, they jabbed you and they jabbed you twice, you know, da 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 and like whatever. But beyond that, it wasn't like we're fighting each other or butting heads. And it's like the people that take the full right wing approach or the full left wing approach and do not, and put their blinders on and don't see like either or, like it, it goes with anything beyond vaxxing. Like, if you fucking believe something and you don't listen to the other side and don't even take it into consideration and shit, 
you're just being ignorant. You know what I mean? Like no, you're, I you're really not. believe, but all of this was parent fueled. Parent fueled. Parents fueled it all. Cause here's what I learned one oh, thing. Yeah. Parents be wildly irrational if something might fuck around with the health of either their kids or somebody around them. Like, you know, families oh, in general. Yeah, yeah for sure. For and, sure. I, and the second it became about kids and vaccinations and kids is when anybody stopped listening. It was the second they were trying to discuss the 12-year-old. It, that's when I noticed it for myself. Prior to that, it was really like the motherfuckers who hated on Pythagoras but are now statisticians versus the people who acknowledge they don't know shit. That was the conversation. That's my favorite group, though. Like, bro, you hate Pythagoras. How can you read that paper? Yeah. Like, just an inconsistency <laughs> in your fucking messaging. You don't know stats. Relax yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, acknowledge yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't pretend, like... Because that's the thing, right? Pythagoras has to do with algebra. Algebra has to do with statistical representations of shit. So you literally require that... The algebraic theories... Or, sorry, the Pythagoras shit is, like... I, is, like, the most basic shit ever. Everybody's hating on all this shit. And I'm like, man... How can you read... You know, like, that's all stats is, is this shit. And you need this shit to understand mm-hmm. stats. So, like... Mm-hmm. How is I mean, everybody understanding stats? I don't get that. That's the it's the only confusing part for me. And then motherfuckers mm-hmm. don't know how dumb they sound a lot. Well, I mean, the worst part of the stats though is that like they're all being fed to us by media and government. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yes, 100. percent I believe that people are getting sick. Yes, 100. percent I believe people died from this shit. It's not a fake thing. It's a very real thing. I know people personally that have had you know their. I don't know, their grandparents yeah. die or whatever the case may be. So it's a fact. It's a real thing. That being said, uh, in Quebec, I would say there was a, l- and this is a slight conspiracy theory. I'm not, you know, like believing this shit, but like they did fluctuate the numbers to control when they could kind of like apply their, their things, like apply their lockdown, apply their curfew. But to me, the only thing that doesn't make sense is like, why would they go anything anti economy? You know what I mean? Why would they go? Because like anytime they would lock down or any shit like that, nobody's making money. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, as we know, our government loves money. So, it's like, big, <laughs> honestly, it's arguably a big stat game. <clears throat> they have a bunch of yeah. medical motherfuckers being like, all right, we project based on logarithmic scale, fucking hyper algebraic math shit that this many people are going to get fucked up based on this data. And then they watched curves go like this. And once yeah, a curve yeah, yeah. goes like this, and I'll agree with you, the media gets their hands on it. And the media literally be just saying shit. There'll be like 34% mm. of people polled. Who? Leger Marketing? <laughs> I know homeboys who worked at Leger Marketing. That's a call center in Montreal. And they spam motherfuckers. So like, go look at those polls and look at the source data. But people don't know how to do that. And I mean it not in a mean way. I mean, it's like in Sejep, there's courses about that. There's like quantitative methods and all of that shit. So unless like you took stat class, like, you know, you're not really supposed to know mm-hmm. that shit. Those are the yeah, analyst I mean, guys at work. Like, Those are the reporting team. Go look at work. That's yeah, the, re- bro, <laughs> you know. But bro, it's, it's like it's like a fucking watching a, a human social media page. It's like, oh, yo, bro, somebody like reads a fucking article online right and they believe it and they post it and now that's what i'm about and i don't believe anything else and this is my train of thought because i read this one little paragraph off of a fucking uh, i don't know buzz clip shit buzzfeed shit or whatever and like that's it was just like facts they were pretty humanly, shit humanly, <laughs> yeah humanly humanly incarnated like people were walking around 
being their fucking selves or being what they would be on social media. You know what I mean? And forgetting common sense, forgetting, uh, looking at the other side of things. You know what I mean? Like, bro, like who the fuck doesn't look at the other side of things and just like goes, like, like I said, puts blinders on and just goes like, that's the most ignorant way to live your life. Like you're never going to get anywhere that way. You got to always listen to the counter argument and take it into consideration and then make your decision. You know what I mean? Like, or at least come up with some kind of decision at one point. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that your decision is right over the other person either, depending on what we're talking about. You know? No, facts. Bro, they taught us critical thinking in English Quebec school for a minute. They stopped, and it wasn't taught to our parents. But it was absolutely <laughs> taught to, like, our approximate age group. I don't think people know that shit because, like, people, wow, they don't look at education systems and shit. But, like, what, uh, uh, right after I finished high school, you could no longer fail if you were under the age of 16 like it's stupidly hard to fail a grade you know like little things like that change and so like liter and then like literacy is a misunderstood concept too like literacy means you can like read as much as required to work it doesn't mean you're actually got taught critical thinking so motherfuckers see shit like literacy rates on a news and they believe that this means that people can have conscious debates about things that's not like yeah, the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It just means people can read no. like the fucking instruction manual. And I'm, again, this yeah, exactly. isn't meant to be belittling. Like I'm mad into the semantics of language and how it gets manipulated and shit. Like it's important to like look at the etymology of things a little bit sometimes. And so mm -hmm. you kind of realize that conscious thought is a privilege like this debate is of some privilege shit like you just got to be blessed enough to have had that in your life to teach you some critical thinking and i think people assume it's common sense but it's not it's really like wildly you got lucky if you got it and if you didn't hopefully life teaches it to you and usually people figure shit out by in their 40s and shit <laughs> you know like if they didn't <laughs> yeah well another thing too is uh, i believe life experience plays a big role into that too obviously education comes first as far as like your foundation with that mm. but uh like meeting eclectic people meeting uh different characters uh meeting the good the bad the ugly all three and then like you know what i mean taking you know whatever positive you can from this person that person that person and then trying to apply it to your life as well too like that's why like i love having conversations with people all the time like because you never know like you could be the shittiest person on the in the plan on the planet, but they're gonna give you something. You know what I mean? There's something you could take away from them all the time. Facts. Like, and people 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 neglect that, man. They like they they believe they're I don't know some not all people obviously, but I'm just saying some people uh, live on their high horse. They like look down on other people. They don't give them the time of day. And it's like, bro, like the cashier at the fucking grocery store could drop some knowledge on you just like a fucking you know philosophy professor could drop some knowledge on you you know what i mean like you, you, might, you might actually get better knowledge of a cashier high key <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yo i started thinking about it i don't want to take sure. shots with the philosophy school of discipline like i'm not trying to go to war here but mm -hmm. when was the last time you heard of a philosophy professor launching a school of philosophy but kanye west yeah. did and other people that are not in philosophy are doing philosophy shit. And I started thinking, does philosophy school help motherfuckers become philosophers? Or is it more like the philosophy appreciation club? And that is not meant to be yeah. facetious. 
I took a couple of philosophy classes and I've had some philosophy debates with academia. And because I can't quote the right philosophers, I'm not taken seriously, even if I could come at you with mad interesting philosophy. So it put me on my mm. philosophy hat and I started wondering if the philosophy teacher is helping philosophy in general. And maybe I'm wrong because mm -hmm. ironically, a philosophy teacher did help me. One. That's, okay. <laughs> that's like a whole roundabout way no but yeah. like it can work but it made me he didn't launch no school of all of a lot of his efforts though is outside of academia he's not like trying to be an influencer is is more like something i caught with him but in academia like does the philosophy teacher really be you know like i wonder a lot about university because it was highly praised and then a lot of people go to university and don't come out with the same level of critical thing like i'm a dropout right like so a lot of my life is through work, which isn't necessarily, you know, whatever. But, like, I had to rise through work. It was more different than going to school. It's not politically correct, per se. Um, Depends on who you ask, but yeah. Nah, I mean, universities be, like, almost literally politically correct in the way it manifested. So it's like this, this story, like a book version of life, whereas work, work is wildly not that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though, like, the book version of life is exactly what you're talking about with the philosophers. They're going by their fucking yeah. pre-set pre uh, curriculum, you know what I mean? And preset uh, like, you know, philosophers before them, and they only go by that. They don't have um, an open mind as far as the way they think or present the philosophy themselves. Mm. They can definitely, you know what I mean, spin it in their own way if they actually have a mind behind it rather than just reciting a fucking textbook, you know what I'm saying? Well, textbook, whatever. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like that goes with everything in life, bro. It's like people, you know what I mean? There's book smarts, there's street smarts. There's a good, it's, it's always good to have a balance of the two, but it doesn't mean because you didn't get the book smarts and you only got the street smarts that you can't be a smart person in the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like it's just a matter of experience. It's a matter of willingness to learn. It's a matter of having an open enough mind and listening. Listening oh, is extreme, like man. Like nobody... Nobody listens, bro. Like, nobody listens to anybody anymore. They just want to fucking, unless they, like, like I said, they search out their, their actual, like, particular, I don't know, article or person that they believe in. You know what I mean? And then that, that person maybe they'll listen to. But, it, like, that average Joe on the street, you're not going to listen to him. And that's bullshit. You don't know what he knows. You don't, you, you can't judge him like that. You know what I mean? Hypothetical X person, you know? Yeah, everything you said there was super interesting um, on a few fronts. Well, and people do, like, really worship celebrities. There's, like, this theory mm -hmm. that the second we kick God out, we replace God with celebrities. And and that's, yeah, like, for real, for like real. people wildly act like they don't act like. Like, the term fanatic is, is comes from religion, right? <laughs> so, like, you know, if you're behaving yeah, like yeah. a crazy religious person over a human, I don't know, which is... You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know which is better, God or... If, anyway, that's a whole other side point. But, um, yeah, I don't think people are taught to listen very well. As I think we're told to listen, but, like, nobody really explains it. Like, what does that even mean? Like, okay, so you can retain information. But, like, you know, it's that, I think it's the more active listening with empathy, that version of listening, you know? like, And I had to, like, practice it, too. You know, like, okay, shut up. Let man's finish what he's trying to say. You know, little things mm -hmm. you got to argue with yourself because you want to butt in with your fucking whatever. Um, and well, the worst, the worst person, the worst person, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the only way you can say is the worst person, you can see it in their eyes, right? They're listening to you, but they're just waiting for you to finish 
for them to say the next thing. Those are the worst people, number one, to have conversations with. And they're also the worst people to learn anything from because they're not actually retaining or trying to make a counterpoint off your point. They're literally just loading their chamber, waiting to fucking shoot their bullets at you. You know what I mean? And it's like, bro, like that's not how conversations work. Conversations are give and take, listen and learn. And, you know, maybe, like I said, uh, your opinion may even change by the end of the conversation. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Fuck, maybe that person is so valid and so knowledgeable and giving you stuff that you didn't necessarily look at that way to begin with that like and again it's not to say that you shouldn't have your own opinion obviously you have your own opinion but that being said you can learn shit from anybody anybody anytime any place always 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 yeah i mean i believe so i've been criticized for letting pretty much anybody on my show i mean like hey no not you like <laughs> Questa, it's different. Um, I mean, like, arguably, people be like way interested in you at a level that if I was a younger hater, I would be being a hater right now because it it's like, who the fuck is Questa? So, like, arguably, you are not that. It's more like, yo, say a word. And I mean, I get it. You be coming back on some like fucking revival shit. Like, I'm coming through with this like boom bap era fucking bar shit you got rico blocks making some fucking foot doctor bar defeated because defeat like defeat and defeat you know what i mean like i forgot the word that was the foot doctor (laughs) no bro but like another thing about that too is uh like yeah okay i have a background or whatever that people know and shit but like Throughout this time in between music, like I took a long ass hiatus, bro, and it doesn't mean so, yeah, actually, people. I don't know anything about your whole music career because if you took a hiatus, that means you had the beginning part of it. We should go back to that. Which don't get me wrong, it was always in my plans to run back to that, but it seems like a good segue. <laughs> so let's yeah, say yeah, sure. you're going through your high school run, you're dibbling and dabbling, and you met Hodges. And Hodges is, in case people don't know, if there was an angel person in hip-hop in this city and i mean that in all the terms it fucking sounds like a guy that you don't see but may have helped you in ways you don't know and maybe did know but didn't really like yo it's hodges he's the purest motherfucker in the game and he's better than you facts Uh, yeah Yeah, pretty much (laughs) because yo i remember Uh, watching hodges tear it up in like oh five and he's still at you know what he's trust but he just lets everyone have it it's the most beautiful thing yeah, it's a it's a weird uh, like uh, affliction with him because like he's definitely talented enough to be in the spotlight, but and he he did take the spotlight for a while. Like he did his thing, obviously, and like he he used that more as a platform, though I find, to create his label, create his uh, you know group of people that he wants to uh, big up, lift up, and then he took that platform and then jumped to another platform and now he's like doing that whole shit up north or whatever where he like creates music programs for schools and shit and like it's just it makes so much sense because it's such a Hodges thing it's like Hodges as a person is a fucking amazing person like like you when you talk about someone that you want to sit there and talk to and listen to and get knowledge from this guy is the guy fuck 100% because he's knowledgeable on a lot of topics but he will also not like force his opinion on you and he will also listen to you and he will also counterpoint and he will also um, like try to point you on a, onto a path that will only be beneficial to you at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And whether that be through music, whether that be through 
you know, religion sometimes. He doesn't go very heavy into the religion, but he is religious. Or just, like, fucking life shit, bro. Like, bro, like, having a conversation, like, I've had a thousand conversations with Dave, obviously. And well, like, how, how did you meet him? Uh, <laughs> economics class. Uh, we were just, like, chilling. He was beside me. Uh, I saw him writing some shit or whatever, like, lyrics or whatever. And uh, like, yo, what are you writing there? And he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm just writing, like, this new song or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so you write music? He's like, yeah, I write music. And then he's like, uh, the next month or whatever, he organized some shit in the cafeteria where we would, like, uh, just basically, like, put on a fucking big boombox and, like, a microphone and just freestyle. And we did that once a week for a while. And, uh, yeah, then from there we started recording. And rest is history as far as that goes for me, anyway. That was definitely my uh, jumping-off point with him. That's wild. So you were like there at the beginning of Hodge's journey. Uh, musically, yeah. I mean, pretty much. He was already kind of doing. Some like, shit, did he have like, that uh, studio thing he copped or whatever? Bro, uh, his first thing was Cubase uh, on like a big old fucking box PC, and uh, he had like a, a MIDI keyboard, and we would make beats on his MIDI keyboard, and we would write songs. I think our first song we ever wrote was called uh, "Ready to Rumble." It was a wrestling theme song, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, from there it just evolved, 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 and uh, yeah, he always did it out of his house. His parents, fuck, God bless them, because we used to do stupid shit. Like we used to, our our musical style back then was very weird and like out there in the sense of like I don't know, like we would like I don't know. He had one song called Urban Voodoo back in the day, and he did like a voodoo chant in the beginning of it, and it was fucking like annoying as fuck. His mom came into the room like five times, like, "Is this song done yet?" <laughs> you know what I mean, like, <laughs> just angry, you know. But uh, shout yeah, out David like, Hodges' you know, like, mom, though. Yeah, Annalise. It was just her birthday the other day, actually. Um, yeah, great family. Like even his father, too, John. Uh, like he's a very religious dude, but he won't push this stuff on you he will listen to you and he's more about like when he has a conversation with you it's more about him trying to um like better your life situation Mm. like not on a religious tip just life like he's just he wants to he genuinely wants to know what's going on with you genuinely like i don't know me personally i went through like a little bit a bit of a dip uh i wouldn't say like a full depression by any means but like very close you know what i mean and then i kind of came back up and i was very positive and happy and he was like one of the first people that reached out to me he was like Yo, he's like, whatever you're doing, I don't know if it's uh, influenced by, like, something spiritual or whatever the case may be, but he's like, stay on this path. Stay on this path. He's like, this is this is who you're meant to be and all that shit. And it's true, bro. It's like, my positivity has changed, uh, like, a bunch of things for me in, like, the past little while. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know about... I don't know about you, but like, bro, uh, lockdown I used to, wise, like, even a little bit before just, lockdown, uh, for me, it was like 2018. It took me forever to learn how to be, okay, I'm still a miserable fuck. I'm like a less miserable, miserable <laughs> fuck. But like, um, I used to just be like that hater, that guy that yeah, like nobody yeah, yeah. liked, that like, you know, would just talk shit and, oh, fuck everybody not supporting me. Like, like i'm a meme at that point when i really think about but i was good so like you can't like get completely ignored but like i was still a meme in my head when i think about it and then i read a lot of books and shit and really it was at work i wasn't getting promoted again i was good good like forget rap shit i am really good at work uh but my Mm -hmm. attitude was trash and it's like the streets all the shit that works in the streets works at work 
I found out the hard way because I ran my mouth, all the dumb shit you could ever possibly do um, got burned. And I realized that, yo, it's like if people don't want to play golf with you, you're not making money. And I'm like, those are big lessons. Like, yo, the Sanka set's the most important shit. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Funny enough, yeah. Because people need to know they can, like, party with you. And at least back in the day, it was like, yo, the second they started smoking pot, my stat, yo, it changed, bro. I was in. But in the alcohol-only days, it was out, bro. Like, I could outsmoke uh, most people I know. Um, but, like, in the drinking days, yo, if you can't drink, right, they don't. Like, it was weird. It was all these, like, codes of etiquette and behavior and shit. So, yeah, I, just, just a weird social standing thing. Yeah, and then yeah, I realized that... Mm. All the positive motherfuckers, the yes people, the people that like understood that people be ranting because they want you to say yes after, those dudes be like fucking the richest. They kept getting promoted. They kept winning in life. Then you look at the music game. Arguably, the guys that say yes, move ahead. You know, it's like it's the no sayers, the angry people for no good reason like you can be mad but like you need reason <laughs> you know you can't just be yeah, mad yeah, for sure. like you gotta well and i think you gotta like solution is, I think, yeah for sure, for sure i don't want to like on too much of a spiritual tip per se but like there's definitely something karmic in the world that Facts. like you give out positivity you get positivity and like vice versa you give out negativity you get negativity it's like I don't know why it works. I don't know how it works, but it just fucking works. Yo, it's like, that shit, law of attraction doors, shit. Yeah, man. Doors doors open. People uh, like come to you. Like You don't even have to reach out to people. People come to you because they want to be a part of whatever that fucking wave is. You know what I mean? Like It's just different. Like uh, I, it, takes, it takes, I guess, maybe I wouldn't say like a rock bottom because I, that, personally, I didn't hit no rock bottom. That's like way too hard, hardcore of a statement to say. But it takes like going to down that path and then switching that light switch back on and seeing the difference to be like, I'm never going to be that other motherfucker again. You know what I mean? Like, mm. fuck that. Like, the hating, the hating negative person. Nah, man. You know, no chance, bro. Isolation did do is it made me be outside of the rat race to like have some perspective of like what I give a shit about. Cause that's something that mm. I feel like the social world of work and other environments got me way too caught up in like i was more impre- i was more worried about like the politeness of life than like mm-hmm. what mattered to me in any meaningful mm-hmm. way okay so there was no meeting yeah. it in the middle or anything it was just like now behaving in ways that felt uncomfortable and i think a lot of us was doing that and then i think a lot of us got like kind of went home and even like like when i interviewed rico blacks it was what like six months into covid we're all like fucking isolated you know (laughs) nobody socialized and i realized like yo we'd be talking about wildly open shit like you know real issues it wasn't just like and people were responding to it it made me realize like everybody be fucking going through it (laughs) you know in a way where yeah prior to covid i just don't think i realized that everybody be going through it because we all be like faking shit and i fake it pretty bad but other people be faking it so good you just wouldn't know yeah well it's sad too bro because it's like uh it's a thing that's out of their control on top of it too like it's not like it's like in regular time regular times like pre-covid times i should say like you always had that option to change that shit around but then like when that shit hit and it was like two solid years and then like now you're coming out of it and you're socially awkward and you're different and things have changed i can't blame that person 
But at the same time, you got to fucking flip the switch for yourself because no one's going to do it for you, bro. Like, that's something I've learned definitely the hard way. Like, uh, I went from full-on family man to uh, straight up, like, by myself again. And, like, I was I was by myself in the beginning, but, like, you know, I was a kid and I had friends and all that shit. And because I, you know, went so hard into the family thing, I, like, lost a lot of people. I didn't, like, stay in contact and shit. And what was cool about people too, though, in that sense, is that, like, when I did come back and, like, become social again and shit, nobody was like, hey, like, fuck you for being gone for so long. You know what I mean? It was more like, hey, come on back. Like, miss you, man. Like, let's go. Let's let's go do things. Let's go, you know, this, that, whatever. And I got to say, that's a real good quality in most people. Not everybody has it. But, like, at least the people that I'm surrounded by are were, like, very generous with, mm. their, um, with their compassion at that point, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I think. And uh, yeah, bro. That's a beautiful sorry, thing. No, I was going to say it's a yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, like I said, like, they could have easily turned around and been like, hey, uh, you know, you've been MIA for X amount of years with me or whatever. Like, not like fully out of touch, but definitely not in touch as I should have been. And uh, yeah, like, for them to come, like, accept me with open arms again, it was just like a, an eye opener. It was like, whoa, like, you guys are that fucking good that you're willing to fucking like take me back and shit. Like I'm not anything special. You know what I mean? I'm not, Did you, have a you kid? know, anything. Uh, well, she had a kid, but I still consider her like my stepdaughter. Well, I'm sorry. My daughter, I should say she was my stepdaughter. Mm. Um, we still talk, we still do everything. Like, uh, so you got involved with somebody that had a kid and then stepped up and became dad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from eight till 18 pretty much. And, uh, then I, that's when our shit ended at when she was 18, but I'm still like in contact with her now. Like she's like 21 now. So, I mean, we still talk mm -hmm. about her going to school and doing all this shit. If she wants to go to school, it's on my dime, uh, that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm still there for as much as I can. Be, but that's you know actually I mean? because, a wild know, statement. People need, I don't know if people heard what he said. This might sound a little like putting it in labels, but yo, you come in a stepdad, you get so attached with the real shit that now you're like, fuck it, this is for life for life. Oh, 100%, bro. Like, That's it's fucking not, cool. I mean, I appreciate that, but it's not, a, it's not a point of like braggadociousness or no shit like that. It's just facts for me. Like, that's. I like I, whatever you want to call it that's my daughter like I, you right. can put a label on it or call it step or whatever blah 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 but fuck that that's my daughter uh she needs me for anything she knows she can call me uh she needs me like I, again financially whatever that's some bullshit like that yeah okay it's a, it's a it's a good thing and like maybe not everybody will do that whatever that's not the point the point is that you know you're in trouble for some shit call me uh you need advice for some shit call me uh you need to get picked up somewhere call me you know what i mean like i'm still i'm always gonna be that person for her and like she doesn't need it as much she's very much more independent she's a 21 year old woman now you know what i mean like but <laughs> which is fucked up for me to say because i watched the girl from like eight years old but uh but yeah that being said like you know what i mean like she knows I'm there. My door is open always, and that's never going to change. And that was never her fault that the two of us didn't work out. You know what I mean? I have noticed in my life, especially now that I'm like a 34-year-old rapping, podcasting, chronic weed-smoking, uh, bohemian motherfucker, that parents <laughs> will not be around me like they used to be. They just aren't. Oh, really? There. I'm like, well, not all parents, but like, yo, I don't have that parent life. I, in the least. Okay, you mean like you're... Your peers, your yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they parents yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, like, on some philosophy shit, but, like, like let's say the homie Vincent Price. Like, I met dude over COVID, 
And yo, like, there's a parenting tax. Like, he's got like a night a week he could come out. You know, like, yeah, yeah and that yeah, might yeah. be it for like maybe the month, and hit him next month, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he at least got to go to uh, LA recently, right? For that yeah. shit there. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Good for him. Yo, Vince, be put it. <laughs> that was big. Vince be like twenty years deep though. Like people might look at that and say what they want. I mean, I don't think anyone's mad at Vince. I think everybody likes that guy, to be honest. But um, it's just, yo, his story is one of the most, like, holy shit. Like, when you said, like, you don't know, because that guy's so meek about his shit. Like, you have to almost pry it out of him because he's just not going to tell you about it. But, like, he's done, he's part of, like, two cultural waves, a bunch of other shit. Like, he was there with everybody's favorite rapper giving beats back in, like, 2005 and shit. Like, it's, it's, like, maybe six Mm -hmm. or seven. I don't actually know what year he started on this moment. Not to... Not to mention, he's definitely got his own sound, like carved into stone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's a Vincent Price beat when you fucking put that shit on. It's like big uh, facts, undeniable, undeniable when you hear that shit. And like, that's pretty much like you said. Like, the only thing I ever seen him, and it's, I wouldn't even say flex because not a flex. It's just general facts. Was him like posting a little bit of him going to LA, and I was like fucking so happy. Every time he would post, I'm like, I'm. <laughs> Number one, like, like right away, fuck. Yeah, was, like, good for you, man. Yeah, it was real fun to watch him do that. I'm like, I'm excited for it. I think he has future trips lined up. Like, he got linked up with them Onyx boys. I don't think it's all of the Onyxes. I think it's, I don't really remember. Whatever the fuck 100 Matt is. And um, mm-hmm. it's just cool, man, because he puts so much work in. And he was, like, anyway, I got to know him the last year and a bit. But, like, finding out, like, he was two decades in and then the opportunity comes. Like, yo, that just is, like, you have to have that kind of faith. Yeah, faith and, like, patience and, like, uh, belief in yourself and shit like that. And just continue. I think what it is, too, though, is that, like, you got to just continue doing it for the love. The love has to be, like, a number one part of it. Because once you lose the love and it becomes, like, a job or, like, a work or, like, a pain in your ass in any kind of way, it's, like... You're not, it's not going to translate into the music, you know what I mean? So, um, and, it, and another thing, too, um, speaking of him, like, doing big things, we've had this conversation off camera as well. Uh, it's about, like, when I, when I say, like, I'm going to fucking go like his shit right away, it's, well, number one, it's because I do like it, generally, <laughs> but also, too, but also, too, um, the fact that, like, it's about fucking pushing community stuff, man. Like, pushing community members, pushing community fucking things. Like, big up, man. Big the fuck up. Stop being fucking crabs pulling the motherfucker down. Bro, I might even share your shit if I don't like it. I'll share your shit before I listen to it half the time, whether or not I like it. Like, bro, just because I shared it, if it's local, it doesn't mean I listen to it. It just means I shared Mm. it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you know what, though? Like, Okay, yeah, okay. No, I listen to like 80 to 85% of what I share, to be fair. There is just a one-two that might slip through the cracks because, you know, you see it. You're like, I'm going to go show love. I'm going to bump that later. Forgot. Yeah, and and you forget. Yes, okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I'm just saying like, uh, like, fuck, anybody in the community, unless, you know what I mean? Like, the only time I'll ever not do it is if it's someone that rubbed me the wrong way. And it has to do with the fact of... It, it, yeah, that's fair. I, I wouldn't even say. Nah, I wouldn't that's even completely say, fair. Because no, no, it, it feels it feels bad saying that almost because it's like a little bit of a haterish mentality, but it's not haterish in the sense of like I'm trying to bring you down. It's just I don't want to support 
you know, negative or bad people. Sorry, it's just my way. You know what I mean? But well, it's also about like, protecting your own damn energies, right? Like, yo, I'm big on the energy shit too. Like, I don't know if it's karmas or energies or whatever it is, or whatever the Final Fantasy Seven shit called it. But like, all of that's the same shit. Um, and <laughs> it's like, look, sometimes people could be awesome people. And you could be awesome people, but the way y'all manifest your awesome is at odds with each other. And the way that your energy's rubbished is wrong. So it's like, mm-hmm. should you be forced and required to put energies that you don't want in your life into your life? I don't think so. You don't have to do it. Yeah, I know. I mean, then there's politics. So sometimes I'll suck it up and I'll share shit of people I don't like or give love, even if I fucking dislike a thing. Because I understand there's a political ramification of my actions, but otherwise, mm. yeah, no, it's mad fair to be like, nah, fuck that person. It's out for me. Yeah. Y'all can have them. Well, I mean, I mean, you say the you say the political aspect that goes for an artist that's actually like trying to uh, still do things, still blow, still manifest their career into something. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to me, bro, <laughs> I'm like. Uh, I'm like literally doing this just for fun. Like I have no goals. I have no nothing. You know what I mean? Whatever. And like, whatever comes from it, I'll ride it out. I'll, I'll if the door opens, I'm going to walk through it, but I'm not like out, out searching for uh, like a big fucking thing to happen or something to blow or someone to, you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is, bro. Like mm. I'll take whatever comes and I, and I will push a little bit because it's just in my nature when I, when it comes to this beast or whatever, but like that being said, like, that's the beauty of it that like I can do that. I can share something or not share something or back someone or not back someone because I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't want to be like too blunt about it, but like, you know, it is what it is. Like I really I'm just in it for me. I'm in it to and again, like we said, like supporting community and I'm all about that. Granted, you also have to rub me the right way you have to be a genuine person you have to be you know real person well i mean you're gonna have like your values it's really about values everyone has ethics and morals and they're all different and shit right so i look at it like i'm in a lane whether i want to be in a lane or not right it just is the lane that it's in you know the thing about integrity is integrity is like standard because rico black said it's called integrity but like real integrity is standards we hold to ourselves, right? So it is mm-hmm. kind of based on what you believe in a little bit. So if I believe in one thing, it could be diametrically opposed to what you believe in. And then we both have integrity and it's just opposite sides. And there are so many mundane versions of this where you can like, like, are you into Marvel or not, bro? That's a whole thing where you <laughs> have integrity and being true to yourself would be like, for me, I'd be like a sellout if I fucking just jumped on the Marvel train now in my soul. I'd have to go watch like 15 <laughs> fucking hours of more than that. Then I could claim Marvel. Like if, if I didn't do all that, I can't claim Marvel. You know, like there's just yeah, rules to yeah, myself. But other people yeah. might just claim Marvel and not be, you know, like they just might be okay with it because who cares? It's Marvel. And they're right too. Because it's fucking Marvel. Yeah, but I mean, there's something to be said about, uh, like, what you said. Like, if you're going to claim Marvel, then at least go watch the fucking shit and know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, it goes with what we were talking about before. It's like people, like, uh, believing one thing and just, like, fucking rolling with it. Same idea there. It's like, you know, uh, I you can go the other way. You can be like, uh, I'm anti this, and I'm so anti this, and I'm not even going to watch any yeah, of that's that That's how shit. I feel you know a lot of people like, feel about mumble rap. I'm not even going to lie. Cause these motherfuckers ain't yeah, mumbling. Yeah. They just southern. 
It's just a southern drawl. I looked up what drawl meant. It's what we mean when we say yeah. mumble. And I'm like, ooh, is this northern-ism shit? Like, are we just being northerners? And then I realized. Yeah. I, you had one bar or something you sent about it, but just a mumble rap, which I don't actually hate. Like, I just feel that a lot of people hate it because they don't understand uh, repetition. Yeah, no, uh, I said, uh, what was it? Like, lead sipping zombies. Mm. See that's a that's a that's a different situation because it's not exactly what I'm saying, but it wasn't you I was thinking of um, in particular. I know you had that bar, but in general, the way a lot of older heads will feel about mumbo rap, as they call it, is largely based off of some shit that is weird to me because it's not like you never really listen to it. You just listen to Snoop Dogg make fun of it. No, 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 but bro, like, trust me, like, I can say that like very free willingly because yeah, it's definitely an opinion of mine. But trust me, I literally go through the catalog of all the fucking new mm. shit. Like, I'll never, I'll never skip on anybody. I always give everybody a fair shake to begin with. So, if I'm saying that as like a line, I'm specifically directing it to like, I don't know. I would, I, I hate to use them because like I've used them in the past already and said it, but like Kodak Black. Sorry, it just doesn't hit for me. Okay. And, I know, and, I, and that being you know said, what? that being said though, Some... that being said, I know there's a million fucking Kodak Black fans, and and and, and it's just not for me. No, I'm not you know a big saying? fan That's either. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. What? I would call it that it's some Southern shit. It's not some. Yeah, though. Yeah. It's inaudible though. It's inaudible. Yeah, That's but my like the only problem with it. The only problem. It's inaudible it becomes... to like our northern ears. But I used to do like customer service, man, and I used to have a lot of trouble with certain accents in the south because my northern yeah. ear don't understand it, and they don't understand me. They, yeah, they, yeah, they say that you have the accent for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, and then you like, yo, I talked to Lush one, the the battle rap dude one time. And he said, oh, you have such a clear Montreal accent. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What, is, yeah, what the fuck is a Montreal accent? It's real, though. You, know, like, yeah. you, you don't hear yeah, it I until know, you I look know. for okay, it. But like, yeah. So it's like, mm. and that, that's the only thing is that the idea of mumbling, I question, not the rest of it, especially the mm-hmm. fact is. And the leaned out ones may just be mumbling, but some of these dudes, nah, they're just Southern. It's just the way that, like, Alabama and some of these places be. Trust me. Like, when I say Kodak Black, I'm literally no, that's, one motherfucker. To and be if you, fair. And if you want to put that, if, and if you want to put that bar into association with it, that bar would definitely be, like, him. And I can't really think of another one. Because I'm not mad at it by any means. And I respect it. And no matter what, uh, like, genre of hip-hop you go into, like, fuck, there's, like, you know, the hot, hot what's his name, hot Hopson, Hopson, yeah, Hopson. He's like dark, Hopson, yeah, dark, fucking different, like. But his bars are there. He's very like super clever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not my personal taste in yeah. music. I don't really like it, but I'm saying I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's an example I'm trying to give you. Like, or like even in the mumble rap game, uh, like Migos. Fuck, I used to hate Migos, and like, well, let's put them like, like, look at where they are now, and also too throughout time. They grew and grew and grew on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's a matter of, and who knows? Maybe I'll like Kodak Black too one day. Who knows? I, like, maybe some I, shit listen, I honestly have a lot of trouble understanding Kodak Black, so I totally hear you when you bring him up. It was more the idea the problem, of mumbling, yeah. and then I remembered you had that bar in the middle of it. But it's just mm-hmm. I've noticed that there's this trend to use that word from people who love New York. A northern state. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and I'm not trying to like categorize that shit because mumble rap, 
Yeah, okay, it is semi its own like lane or whatever, but it definitely doesn't used... mean that you can just doesn't mean that you're just that. Nah, they, yeah, they like do like, like melodic trap. Usually, is what I would call that shit. It's not because yo, it's yeah. trap. It's yeah. not like boom bap, and it's it's like it's a whole other thing. Just like drill is a whole other thing. And I think a lot of people are just like call it all hip hop, like they like gatekeeping on some shit, which is fair. Um, yeah, I mean, there's mumble well, rap did, everywhere. Rico blocks, <laughs> Rico blocks said there's mumble rap from New York, and I'm like, yeah. And there's yeah, drill yeah, yeah. in New York, and there's everything in New York because there's like fucking how many millions of people in New York is huge. <laughs> I just want to uh, make it very clear, though, that like I'm not boxing myself into any category or becoming like an old head because trust me, I definitely, definitely listen to all that new shit. Nah, B, if you were willing to say like on wax before anything else, I listen to everybody, give them an open like fucking chance, and these particular people are who I mean when I say. I mean that's that's not boxing shit, and you know I know people that won't listen to it. They just haters. Not- yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And anyway, so so you have a kid basically situation for a decade, and that takes you out the game. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it takes me out the game. I was always like kind of writing and shit, and like having ideas. But like as far as recording or doing shows or anything productive in that sense, did you? Uh, I don't know. I just like I lost the drive. I was like more focused on family, and uh, you know what I mean. Like just doing that shit. It was like more more my priority at the point at that point in life. You know what I mean. Did you do a lot of shows um, before that point then with the Hodges era? Were you involved in all those yeah. West Island shits? Uh-huh, 100%. Uh, like, basically, we did our little tour thing uh, as group therapy. Like, it was me, Dave Hodges, and uh, Jordan King. Uh, then group therapy became the Group Therapy Collective, which uh, is where Hot Six and SRH, who's now Benny Main or whatever, uh, came into play. And it's also brought in uh, Carrera too, which is who was Crazy K back then. Uh, and then like from there, like it kind of just morphed. Like that was like the, the main squad, but then like there was always new people kind of coming in. So like the shows would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like uh, Millie Mills was definitely um, involved a lot because of like Jordan. Jordan was a big like one of his fucking homeboys from like back in the day. Uh, then who else? Like uh, I Blast and all them kind of came out for one of those shows too. Just it just it's mostly Hodges that was doing all that, but like uh, it was like you know I knew this guy, so he would come, and then Jordan would know this guy, so he would come, and like vice versa, and like it just grew and grew and grew, and uh, yeah, we did a lot of shows with that, and then I was gonna start doing my own thing, but then that's basically when marriage and all that stuff started coming in, so. I was into that. <laughs> Yo, that's wild, right? Because those are some big years for Montreal's hip hop scene, and with a lot of big heavy names. Like people might not know who a Blicky is today because mm-hmm. he's Blicky today. Uh, yeah, he's Blicky today. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah and people might not know who he yeah. is, but he's like standing in the back of Drake in music videos and shit. Like it's like uh-huh. <laughs> it's like people yeah. may not yeah, know yeah. that SRH is like getting paid paid up in la doing this shit for real and hodges be like institutions and like like bro you were surrounded by greatness in that collective oh yeah big time big time uh, i don't take it for granted and i don't take it lately and as a matter of fact uh today i mixed down the song uh that benny uh, sent me his verse for 
So uh, yeah, that's my after Good Kids Come Gone Bad comes out. That's the next release, and uh, the fact that he took the time to do that shit, like, I was like, okay, yeah, yo, this he, guy like he's my, almost hides from Montreal, no? Yeah, well, he's my nephew, well, nephew, street nephew. Uh, but like, bro, like he didn't have to do that shit. Like he didn't have to get out of his lane to come. And not only that, he doesn't just, he doesn't just do like his normal Benny main thing on it. He actually does like a hybrid Benny main SRH thing on it. So it's like, it's like he, he heard my shit and it kind of inspired him. And he's like, fuck me. Like he messaged me. I didn't even message him. He's like, yo, I want to rap. He's like, I want to rap on some shit. He's like, I've been doing this other shit so long. He's like, I want to get down and like spit some fucking bars. You know what I mean? And it was inspiring to hear. And what he sent me was like gold. Like I can't fucking, it's just going to be one of my better tracks a hundred percent in the next, you know, five to six tracks that I'm ready to release or whatever. So, and again, it was a total, like didn't have to do that shit. You know what I mean? He's got real things, real projects, real money making things. And he took the time out of his day to do that. So yeah, much just goes to show like how much of like a relationship situation things are, right? Like, you were around and you did do your thing and people want to see you win because of that because you are coming back to it and i can see what you mean now when you're like people be welcoming me back with open arms and shit and they yeah. have to i'm like example. hmm mm -hmm. okay that is because like i mm -hmm. met dude one time i went by hsr and he was srh and oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Anyway, so we met him he said change your name like the whole night was that one of the hodges concert uh contests um so you think you can rap or one of them shits anyway so i met him the one time and then he yeah. just disappeared i copped his album or he gave me his album i have one of them and i was like this is incredible and then he just disappeared and he never mm -hmm. you know and then he was like because i didn't know his new name right and then i know it's benny main now and i've talked to yeah. a few of you but like people don't know that guy is like he was one of the illest rappers i'd ever seen like in the non-street side of shit like nah nobody touched it like uh, clarity maybe but like i felt like more like clarity was taking over where srh was leaving off kind of a thing yeah a little bit he had like a little bit more of a rockish punkish vibe to himself mm. but like yeah i definitely understand the uh the correlation that you would make there for sure because like yo srh was it and then he was just gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he went on to uh be a bigger it or a, well i guess well, yeah a bigger it if you want to put it that way because basically the transition happened he went from srh to uh aaron benjamin and that was like pre-benny main so it was like between the two and aaron benjamin it was like half srh half benny main you know what i mean like he's still kind of trying to rap and then at one point he just said fuck it throw the rap away like he's got obviously melodic tendencies and rhythmic tendencies that are definitely very hip hop, but it's obvious like they saw the pop fish route. I don't know what I call it pop, maybe like, you know, hip hop, pop, whatever. And he just took it by storm and he like rode with it. And everything he ever puts out now, it's like, I feel like a fucking proud fucking father <laughs> displaying it to people. You know what I mean? I like, I'll send it to people, I'll fucking share it, I'll do whatever. Like, somebody comes over, I'm like, yo, listen to this, fuck. And it's like, just what he evolved to, like, bro, he would come, we would have ciphers in my kitchen, okay? And it's like me, Dave, Jordan, uh, Crazy, a couple of my other friends that, like, didn't actually rap rap, they just would, like, be in ciphers or whatever. And Ben would be in the fucking corner, little chubby, little 17-year-old, quiet Ben, maybe like this. He'd just be waiting and watching and listening and whatever. And then out of nowhere, he'd pop up and he'd have his, like, one verse. 
And then he's like back to the corner. <laughs> like, like, like little like insecurities or whatever the fuck. And then bro, it just step by step by step by step by step. He became probably the biggest out of all of us. If you want to put it that way. Like, I mean, Dave obviously had his little run there, but like as far as global, as far as global view, like biggest out of all of us for sure. And he's still pushing. Like it's not even done as I understand it. Like I don't, Y'all gush. Anybody that knows him gushes like that. Like, and then nobody here talks about him. And yeah, it's one of those great mysteries of life, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, fuck it, bro. Like, think about it this way: he was like a seventeen, eighteen-year-old kid, right? And like the Dutches of the world, and the fucking like Millie Mills of the world, and like the people that were really doing big things at the time. I think he, I think he even maybe worked with Dirt Work. I'm not sure. But, like, bro, everybody wanted to work with this kid just because they saw the potential and the talent and it only evolved and evolved and evolved. And now he's this Benny and he's just fucking doing it and he's fucking living. And like, he told me the other day, this is obviously, he meant this confidentially, so I won't go too deeply into the topic, but he was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, bro, he's like, I, I don't mind doing this shit. He's like, I can't wait for the day that I can just throw my fucking phone away and like not do the social side of things. And like, you know what I mean? Like, He's still the same kid inside, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, he just knows the lane that he had to take or the, the path that he had to choose or whatever, and he's doing it, and he's riding it out, and all the power to him. But, then, like, I, I have sincere conversations with him, and it's like, I don't know, he just, what he wants to talk about is, like, I don't know, fucking eating sweet chili Doritos in the studio and, like, spitting on his pop filter, and then he's like, oh, my fucking pop filter smelled like sweet chili Doritos for a week. Remember that? Or remember this? Or remember that? You know what I mean? Like, he's still the same fucking guy, you know? Like, and that's the thing. I guess people... It's like what you were talking about with, like, gods and celebrities and shit. It's like people, like, mystify or, like, you know, put people on pedestals and shit. And, bro, like there's still humans underneath all that shit. Like they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do stupid shit. They're going to whatever, you know? So like to idolize those kind of people or like idolize people in that way, I should say, it's just like, it's dumb, bro. Like you're, everybody's a human. Everybody's going to make mistakes. No one's a God walking on this earth. You know what I'm saying? And like that being said with SR, like, or Benny now, it's like, I love just fucking like going back and forth with him until like two in the morning on WhatsApp, like just talking about stupid old shit because I know, I know that gives him a little bit of fuel. You know what I mean? Like mm. I know. Look at you, Cuesta, being like the ultimate homie. I mean, whatever. I'm not, it's not like that. It's Bro, the level of, like, of consideration not- and thought and like everything you're like, all you gave a shit about was what you could do to like, you know, give him something, you know, I mean, that's some I mean, ultimate homie shit. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, but I know he's not getting it elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of yes men around him. There's a lot of that kind of shit. I'm sure he definitely has some genuine people around <clears> him, and like he wouldn't like he wouldn't surround himself with a bunch of nah, know, but like, people. But it's so different. Like the number of people. Okay, can, I'm not gonna act like I totally understand what fame and celebrity is like, but I know what it's like to be surrounded by a lot of people you don't know. And yeah, you, that's yeah, all yeah. it is. Is a bunch of people you like. You just met them all, and they only know you as an interviewer or as a rapper or as a guy on Facebook. So like nobody knows you, right? And I could yeah, then you, yeah, yeah. you you like grab that and then you try to like in my head I'll scale that to like a million, and that's what I picture he going through. So yeah, it's not like so much daily, like, yes, watching- man, but like everybody be like, 
commercialized in their relationship with you because everybody's there for a reason. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And they all want a piece of whatever they can get off you, bro. Like that's just the facts. And it's the it's also the life you choose. You know what I mean? It's like uh, celebrityism in general. Uh, like yeah, okay, you get a lot of perks, but then you have to deal with that negative side. It's just if you want to go there, you're gonna. It's a it's a yin and yang. It's a fucking double edged sword in that sense. You got to just deal with that, like. And you got to be strong enough to deal with that too. I'm sure because it, I'm sure it's definitely a mental strain. It's like. Who's really talking to you as you and who's really talking to you as like a, a dollar sign? You know what I mean? Like, or whatever potential thing they can get off of you, you know? I don't even so. know if it's so much as that side of it. I'll say one thing. I know that 90% of people who talk to me don't talk to like me. It's this parasocial manifestation of what they think that I am. And the number of people mm-hmm. I've hung out with in the last year, they come into the room, we chill in, and then they say some shit like this. Yo, why don't you smile more? Or some some little thing. It'll be a little thing. And then I'm like, oh, you don't like me like me. You think you like me. You're in for a sad fucking time if you think I'm going to just start smiling on command to make you feel comfortable. But, like, I realize people will see me. Yo, I put extra effort into smiling on camera. It's like one of those I had to take notes. I talked to people and I, I did an interview with Iron Solomon. And for two hours, I oh, didn't yeah. smile. One of the coolest yeah. moments. I was so excited. Like a kid in a candy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, so you're holding it in. not even. I was just, this is how my natural expression of joy is. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I have to. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. But like in real life, when the cameras aren't on and shit, it's different. You're yeah. like. You in the you're in a real mood like you're you're in real life mode so it's different so people see you mm. they think things and then I watch them get disappointed when they realize I'm not like cool in their way <laughs> like they look or something like that and it's some <laughs> wild shit to see like happen and I'm like yo so imagine being like mad famous and it's not even like about like what they want out of you in a money sense it's like he said he puts out a social media image I put out a social media image you do too we all do. That image mm-hmm. is what we know. I don't know Rico Blocks. I know the Rico Blocks of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. My thing is though is that uh, with me personally, and again, this goes to the tip of me not trying to uh, potentially like make anything happen career-wise with this anymore. Like this is really just a, a ride for me right now at this point. Is that I can be myself on social media? Like I don't know if you ever like check my stories and shit. Well, I know you do, but like you know what I'm saying, like uh. I'll have like the hip hop, like today, for example, I was in the studio, I did like a bunch of real like hip hop posts, like, you know, like just performing and whatever, blah, 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 because it's part of what I'm doing. But then at the end of my story, you see me like cooking a fucking roast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause that's what I fucking do. And like, it's just, there's no, uh, my, 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 my social media is not like so focused on that. It's a part of my social media, definitely. And it's definitely something I acknowledge and present to the world. But I also like post the stupid meme that I like. I'll also, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, put so like a I guess, dog video. I guess I another like dogs, way to like you know? look at it is we've had this conversation. Now I get a sense of who the fuck you are. The meme, mm-hmm. the snapshots, all I would get otherwise is these. Like, I didn't even recognize you when I met you in real life at Brandon Shit, you know? You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we talked, yeah. I knew who you were. Like, I don't even know. I think I'd watched your shit by then, but it didn't click because. 
like I saw snapshots of you. You were like a, an avatar in my head until I meet mm. you. And now there's like parts of how you move and shit and the way your voice works and like just this human shit where like without real conversations, the internet, like like Rico can tell me you're the same person online and off. Um, it's more like, I don't know you. I just know what I see of you on Facebook. It's not like a person. It's oh, just statuses. And a, so I believe all the opinions are legit. And I believe the pictures mm -hmm. are unfiltered or filtered. You know what I mean? But like, mm -hmm. they're just pieces of a, like uh, an equation yeah, of a person, you? you know? So it's not no, to no, question the integrity of it. But it's not even to say people filter themselves. It's just to say, like, for a while, all I saw was Rico Blocks posting weed nugs. Like, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do with that information to assess, like, a full... <laughs> I mean, yes, there are other little pictures. But for, like, if that was the only week I ever saw Rico Blocks post, right? What am I left with? That he has yeah, weed no, nugs. <laughs> <laughs> he's like commenting in real wants, life then time to yeah, this too he, i was gonna say that he wants to uh, have a smoke out session against you he's been talking about that every time i see him man <laughs> it's like, done rico like you see how much i, I smoke on this shit like <laughs> as long as it's let me be clear i don't promise i can do no shatters or hashes or blunts even if we talk in papes i can go all night against anybody Anybody, uh, anybody. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna try and time in. I held my gloves uh, mad long ago, and now if I smoke mm. like a little pinner, I'm I'm out of commission for the night. So forget it. I'm not even in this combo. I wish, bro. But, uh, like I wish. Like I don't remember uh, the last time I. Yo, that's not true. If I take off like a five hours, I'll feel it heavy. But like, you know, like it doesn't last like that. I'll get like a eight minutes of, oh, and then that's it. You know, like, I'll never yeah, get them yeah, highs, yeah. like, back in the day. Oh, uh, hell no, hell no. Well, what's fucked up with me is that, like, I was on and off for so long that, like, uh, I can't remember when I quit exactly, but anyway, I quit at one point for, like, two years, right? And then I came back, and then, like, weed had evolved into, like, uh, you know, I was just smoking, like, fucking, like, Exo. It was called Exo. There wasn't, like, the million names that fucking <laughs> exist now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly, bro. Now you're, like, uh, I don't know, fucking... OG Kush Pink Lemonade. Like, I'm throwing out, like, rando names here. Like, God Titty Milk. And shit. <laughs> no, fuck, you know, like, I, I literally, like, I, it was still over my head. Over the top when I came back. Gummy buns. Gummy buns. I don't know what the fuck. It's just shake from gummy buns. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know. My boys, uh, my boys are, like, all heavy into that. They're, like, like Pink Tuna. Like, like, I'm trying to think of the names I heard recently. Uh, like, Nine Pound Hammer. Like, weird shit. Anyway, whatever. They're into that shit and like more power to them because bro, like I literally take two plus of that shit, like the shit that they smoke. Mm. And like allow me to be like, abundantly clear though, bro. Mm. Three rumming cokes, and I'm already like, okay, if I have any more drinks, I may behave unquestionably good, bad, you know. And then it's <laughs> your lightweight shit, so like I'm not acting like I can hold everything down. I just do mm. the weed like a champ. I can't drink for shit. And I'm pretty bad at mushrooms too. I think I get real high and I run my mouth. I don't know. I have no basis. I've done it very small amounts of times in my life. <laughs> but nah. No, me, uh, me. It's unfortunately the drinks. I could definitely go like 
pretty hard. I mean, like, uh, it's kind of like the team that I roll with and what we do is shit. That being said, like, if I have a night like that, like, I definitely make a fucking solid point of, like, I'm off for, like, you know, at least a week kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, before mm. I have a next, ne- a next night like that. Like, I can have drinks in between. Like, I can have, like, a two, three beer night. Like, I don't know. I go out with my girl or some shit. We go to dinner. I can have like a uh, two beers and like uh, a glass of wine, and like that's my night. You know what I mean? But that being said, like when I'm with the homies and they're fucking in the zone, and we're at Tequila Bar and we're fucking wilding out and blah okay, blah. But blah, Tequila like, Bar is like okay, I get it. Uh, <laughs> tequila Bar is wild. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, that place is uh, wild. Is the understatement, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> You want to come? Uh, it's my boy's birthday, uh, end of April. Benny's actually gonna be there too. Yeah, say that. It's dope. <laughs> we'll save. We'll, we'll we'll keep your, your tequila consumption to a minimum. Yeah, no, I mean, smoke outside. <laughs> no, I, I I know how to do my like limit, right? Like I know my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's important, right? You know that, like I yeah. know I can go at least one. <laughs> Anybody can do one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you wait. And then I maybe wait like a good 20, 30, see how that one hit. Cause sometimes that one is a two and you don't know it. You got to see if that one is a two or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I know me, uh, me, I have like a, a stupid, stupid mentality. Like in the sense of like when I'm going, the happier I am, the more I can flow. Mm. And generally speaking, I, generally speaking, I behave myself overall, but uh, you know, there's the odd night gonna you know be a dick sometimes or stupid shit will happen mm. and that being said they're they're very few and far between now versus what they used to be obviously younger more bravado more fucking uh i don't know like pent-up energy like now i'm like a lot more calm as a person i'm definitely more positive as a person so like when you know like let's say like any of your vices like uh, i don't know people do fucking people drink people do coke people do this people do that Whatever you do going in, like you go in with a negative mindset, you're going to definitely continue that neg- negative task if you continue mm. adding like a, sub- a substance to it, you know? And then if you go positive, you're just going to uh, go that's up facts. with that like, I was Most recently faced with this moment of not smoking weed for nine hours. It was this bizarre moment of going to the office place at work with this realization okay. of there's no marijuana here. Holy shit. And we're saying <laughs> two years without sobriety bro like there was no except for when i took the planes and shit like why else did i need it you know um Mm. i'm pretty sure they're aware at work or at least if they're not they wouldn't be surprised (laughs) because like i'd be wildly smoking crazy joints all the time and on on the internet as it is but like i went and then i realized because my life is in this place where believe it or not it's more branding at this point than it is coping mechanism plus i like it but without it, I'm not miserable no more. So I was like, fine, being sober is adequate. I'm not miserable. You know, like my vice isn't okay, required here no more. I would much yeah, prefer having my vice. But like, yeah, my life too. Like, And I find as I get older, I'm just happier and mm. less miserable. Less miserable. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely an important realization because if you're going around and like you can't fucking like function without the shit or you can't be happy mm. or you can't be your, you can't be yourself even, that's a problem. And you got to address that problem. But Facts. if you can definitely, yeah, if you can definitely walk around and just be yourself, like, fuck, bro, uh, I don't know, I'm the same person that you're going to meet. The only thing is, is like when I add alcohol to the mix, then I'm going to get a little bit more, um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like a, it's like definitely liquid courage to an extent, but not in the sense of like I'm gonna use it negatively. I'm gonna use it positively. Uh, maybe I'll say some shit like a little bit more uh, casually or confidently than I would generally speaking in normal times. But actually, no, that's not even true. I'll say that same shit if, if I'm not. So mm. that being said, I don't know. Like it's just it's just knowing, like you said, number one, knowing your limit. Number two, making sure that it's not um, something that you rely on to be yourself. For well, sure, that's, not- that's a big problem. Rely on to be myself. I don't know. I can tell you one thing. I give a shit about people more if I'm copiously high, and that's advantageous yeah. to my life. And okay, so that's a plus, though. That's a plus, though. That's different. It's not. And and would you would you still have that conversation with that person, or you know, genuinely take in whatever they have to say, or whatever, like whatever positive you want to spin off that, like without the split, without the the smoke. Yeah, but I'd be less enthusiastic, and they would know it. Okay. It would have an impact. How you feel? Yeah, because, like, yo, like, in general, I wouldn't say weed is absolutely what makes me social. But weed helps me not feel like a fucking weirdo. And I'm a weirdo. So, <laughs> like, it's going to sound like what it might be a bit of a crutch in a situation, but... I only keep doing it because I'm a scientist about my shit. And when you do something in abundance and good things happen to you, do you keep doing these things? Yes. Right? Why would you yeah. not? And Yeah, beyond beyond the beyond the vice. I remember even yeah. with my rap career, and this I don't think I've even said before, but I bought a sevens and that led to getting booked. It led to me meeting Sky Beats and many other people. I bought a sevens. Do you know the number of times the story starts with weed? Success in my life. I smoked a blunt with the CEO of the company. Success in my like it's it's like if you listen to positive reinforcement and your name is Holden, because this is not necessarily you. The more I smoke weed, the more dope shit happens. Now doors get closed in my face, but other doors be wildly opening in my face. And I don't mm-hmm. know that at this juncture without words like I'm pregnant, we even need to think about it. The fact is, if I got to mm-hmm. be sober, I'm 34. Of course, I'm going to be sober in that moment. But if I mm-hmm. literally don't have to be, I make enough money. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, bro. Like, if, if everything is successfully working for you and it's, that's how it is, then but more power to you, man. Like, the people... It is what it is. It's like, and I, but that's why I have to add caveats. Like, you kind of have to be able to have all those boxes checked to justify it and if otherwise it's not that because like i'm clearly a drug addict (laughs) like let's be fucking real (laughs) hey but look at it this way though you could be uh on much worse things than than we like that's all that's why i asked too like you mentioned it uh before like uh your your job or your career or whatever uh that like they know and like you're you almost say like in the sense of like in the sense of like you you were concerned about it because like i I mean i'm saying on wax that i went to work stoned all the time for two years like arguably nah nobody want to get clipped on that i'm just running on the gamble that none of the two other people really are here on the stream right now be like my boss and them and that y'all gonna go snitch on me and that this will never get back to them but if it did because here's the thing. On an official front, they'd have to give me a warning or some bullshit. And then that would... Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. Okay, So, yeah. but, like, I sweat weed smell. Even if I'm <laughs> yeah. sober. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it's just... And, they, you know, every fucking work event, 
the office party. I'm the dude walking in stone. And I mean, I wildly. Yeah, are there others though, or are there others in the company or no? Yo, the owners all be smoking pot now. Everybody smoke weed in the top, like not all of them. So it's like, because but like I'm talking about at work, and nobody admits they do it at work, work, bro. Everybody got a vape pen, but nobody admits they have a vape pen. Mm -hmm. No, I know. Well, that's what I'm just trying to say. It's like, okay, yeah, when you apply it to the fact that literally walking in to do your job while you know intoxicated you, way too strong of a word but you know what i mean but when it you're in work is, from like, home for two years you work from home bro it's just webcams and shit you just clip the shit put it down and you run a new call <laughs> yeah of course, of course but i'm saying though like the stigma the stigma has to like go away at some point but obviously it's different when you're talking about like literally walking into work after, yeah like, you know throwing your rope throwing your rope not be you gotta get a vape yeah. pen if you're doing it at work but nah, even mm-hmm. then, I didn't bother. I'm like, eh, eh you know what? Maybe I'll just save money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my question is, too, is that, like, is this is obviously not affecting your performance. It's only, you know, judging by you, I'm assuming you're very, very functional and capable of being able to do your job while you're on it. Like, because you got away with it for two years, right? Well, that being longer. said. But yeah. <laughs> well, longer, I yeah, mean, whatever. I would say, yeah, but I do a lot of like writing and reading and project building and I fucking talk a lot. I get to do a lot of prep meetings and I just happen okay. to, re- I can retain information like fucking crazy when I'm high. So it's like easy to go to meetings and shit. So, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, is anybody offended by you doing this? Because if you're absolutely motherfuckers would be offended. That's why it matters. That's what I want to understand. It's like, if it's not affecting you, like, on a professional level, you know what I'm saying? Like, why does it have to be such a, a super because negative people thing? Like, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll give you my theory. So, there's two kinds of weed smokers. There'd be, like, habituals, and there'd be the occasionals. Yeah. And the occasionals were not... Like, there aren't a lot of legal habituals right now. It just it hasn't been legal long enough, right? So when you think mm-hmm, of the upper yeah. echelons, like conservative power, maybe people of immigrant backgrounds that do a straight and narrow path, a few other things like that, right? So you have all this older class of people, and they either have smoked occasionally and they got high. Yeah, well, that's the problem, yeah. Sorry. Or they understand yeah. it to be a criminally illegal thing. Yeah, they, that's the stigma for them, yeah. So one no, of those two wife... things, and they don't understand that I'd be, like, you know, practicing my, like, lyrics high and shit. Like, they, But, the, okay, like, most people understand it, right? Like, they kind of look at your role, like, it's like, you don't, you're not surprised if the graphic designers be smoking reefer, you know? Like, you're just not surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> kinda... But my thing is, is, like, doesn't, uh, doesn't, I don't know, uh, Fucking John Smith at your place, uh, like take uh, antidepressants or you know what I mean, some Legal. kind of shit like that. It, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's a different kind of mind altering because that's back to that part timey shit. Everybody's experience with weed is the one two time. Everybody has the one two time, but only habituals have the habitual version. So unless yeah. you smoke daily and stopped. You have no idea what my weed be like and how I can chain smoke joints. It's kind of like with mushrooms where, like, 
you know, you don't get like high after a while. You just kind of, you know, like it's different unless you're microdosing yeah. and shit. But like, I don't know. I haven't been, I have to do like an, an insane amount of like fucking shattery fucking edible shits to kind of mildly feel buzzes. And then I also have to eat fatty food and like really put effort into getting high, high, high. And it's going to last like oh, yeah. 45 minutes and that's my luck. Then it's go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, bro. That's the thing. I mean, okay, yeah, like we were talking about, you know, I get it, workplace, professionalism, blah, blah, blah. They're going to fucking... Yeah, I can't change the middle class, go. bro. They would call it yeah, common gonna sense to, or some shit. And yeah, yeah. They're going to they're gonna go through their protocols and it is what it is. But I'm just saying, like, we're going to get to a point, I hope, at one point in society. When it comes to weed, alcohol is totally different. Alcohol, like, a, a switch can turn and you can definitely, like, be out of control after a certain point. But weed, I'm sorry to say... Mm. Uh, the worst case scenario the guy's gonna get maybe too tired or something nah, like, like, just check it i'd be you know like a writer writer uh, habitual, habitual habitual no but you, yeah habitual people too you have to be like good at it because sometimes people be kind of bad at it they're new habituals and then if you're mm -hmm. making grammar mistakes and you're a writer it's bad news bears and you should not be smoking oh pot. yeah so like 100%. like i have the ability to proofread per as an example it's like the little things where you have to get good and then when you get good you can but if you don't get good you can't like i don't think i of could I, like i couldn't do some call center shit right now on on a, i couldn't do calls right now like i'd be fucking i couldn't handle that high right i haven't done it i don't have the patience i might say some dumb shit by accident and i know because i okay. say some dumb shit here and there on interviews which is basically calls so like i kind of have that like i know yeah. but like sober i'm mad focused in a way that's really good for customer service <laughs> but in, yeah well that's what i'm saying though like as long as it's not performance affecting and you know what you're doing yeah. and you're able to function through it sorry to say like we just doesn't have that same stigma for me anymore you know what i'm saying like and it never really did to begin with it was just like a uh, society putting that stigma on it before anybody else but like you know that's what i mean like, I don't know. I really, uh, I really don't see the issue. If you compare it like, again to alcohol, nah, I mean, I'm, I'm completely sold on it. It's really cultural norms versus scientific realities, and even that, if you run the rabbit hole, there's like the U.S. government is weed is a class A illegal drug, so only like one place can research. You know, it's a bunch of weird shit. But yeah, what made you come back to music? just uh like the joy of it i missed it uh it was actually funny enough it was prophecy uh this guy he's like uh used to be around back in the day west Island dude and he was like yo he's like i have a track like you want to uh come jump on it do you have a verse and i was like i had a book like throughout the 10 years obviously i filled up like you know 20 notebooks <laughs> of like just lyrics because like it never got used and i had something that i had written relatively recently when at the time when he he messaged me or whatever and uh i got in the booth i did it and it was fucking fun it felt good and like and again it went with like the positive mindset shit that i was on you know what i mean like it was like just more positivity and i was like fuck i forgot how much of a an energizer fucking battery this is you know what i'm saying like in my life and yeah then one thing led to another i wrote what was next after that well, it wasn't stick poetry, but like it was something like along that lines. It was stick poetry, another song, and then, uh, uh, yeah, then the video happened, and then when the video happened, the visual was there again, and I was like, oh fuck, like this is all like you know, 
snowballing again. And then it's now what's beautiful about it is that there's no goals, no timelines and nothing. So it's like, I do it on my own time. Uh, I have fun with it. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, uh, there's no pressure involved. And that's beautiful because and even with the writing too, like the writing back in the day, I used to write and I used to always like nitpick and go back and rewrite and a thousand times over and blah, blah, blah. And now, yeah, okay, I'll go back. I'll change one or line, one or two lines, though. But like overall, my verse is like a one-shot deal. Like I don't. It's just it's coming out, and it's and it's all. It's easy. It's ten times easier than what it used to be for me because I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, <laughs> straight up. Like, <laughs> and it sounds ignorant, but it's very true. Like the, the second you let go of that that construct nah, I mean, and that like box, I'm actually really okay. with you. Mm-hmm. I'd be wildly publishing shit I might not have published once upon a time because my level of I don't care if you like it is pretty high. I mean, yeah, I want you to it like is. it, but if you don't like it, I like it. So, I mean... Yeah, exactly. And it's so advantageous to your creative aspect and your artistic aspect. Mm. It's, like, ridiculous, bro. Like, you can... There's no more... There's no box for me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be something. I'm not trying to prove anything i'm not trying to show anybody up i'm not trying to do any of that shit i'm just being me and it's easy money bro and then you get rico blocks in the video and you get a whole and i met the 448 films guy in front of a bar the other night so yeah he's not cool man i like Don. who's the guy in the thumbnail uh (laughs) that's kenny that's uh one of my main boys all those guys that are in that video are like guys i see every other day pretty much it's all uh it's team life right there because i just and life is actually life is actually his thing too the guy in the thumbnail kenny mm. all i know is, is like clothing saw that shit okay so life's a clothing brand yeah 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 well it's gonna be life uh 13 because life exists or whatever like the actual clothing brand life but uh yeah it's basically the same thing just 13 at the bottom it's just a copyright issue thing and so Mans of the Clothing Brand is the guy in your thumbnail. And I'm like, that's not Rick. I thought that was you at first. Am I even going to lie when I saw that, right? Because I don't know what you look like. You're just Cuesta. Yeah, you're yeah, some yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. thing that's that big. So I'm not like, uh, you're not really the ones I'm clicking on as quick. You know what I mean? Like, that's uh, what it is. So, no, we, uh, so we, we, thumbnail, we did that. Uh, and I'm like, we did that on purpose. We did that on purpose to, to not put me in the thumbnail and put him in the thumbnail. It was like a little uh, homage. <laughs> no, I was curious. Yeah. And then that came up with 448. We we're like, I don't know who's in the thumbnails. Like, I don't know who's in the thumbnail either. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck, you hung out with him all day, fuck. How did we not know? Well, because, like, <laughs> he'd probably be like, but it's more like he'd probably be doing video, 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 you know, doing his thing. Oh, yeah. yeah and then yeah, it's like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. not the Rico Blocks or the Questa. He's just like, well, who is this guy, you know, in the greater context of this song? And why is he the thumbnail? <laughs> That's uh, Kenny, aka Ricky, aka the Commissioner. Uh, what else is he? Fuck. Uh, it's pretty much. Oh, Don Cartagena as well too. Mm. From Colombia. He's born in Medellin. So. Mm. And Re- that's, uh, that's my guy. Though. <laughs> that's my guy. Big time. And Rico wants uh, us to discuss the session for Pointer. Oh fuck yeah yeah that was a big one. Uh, you know Skinny obviously. Skin deep. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, he assembled uh, the fucking hip hop world. Uh, can't remember what year it was. 
But uh, who was there? It was Rico, me, Steve's Rock, Lo Pesci, uh, SRH. Uh, I'm going to leave out some for sure. I can't think off the top of my head. But uh, I think D Shade was there too. Uh, and Dutch was there. Let me know was there. Uh, it was just like a collective of everybody, bro. And it was just for uh, Akil's album at the time. And yeah, everybody came with their verse, and it was a fucking just like a, a memorable night. You know what I mean? Like more, more than the session itself, just like everybody kind of being in the same room at the same time. I think I've spoken about this with you too. It's like uh, Montreal needs a lot more of that fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like Montreal needs to get on the same team, uh, fucking push each other and shit like that. Like that that was that was something that happened back then mm. in a time when it wasn't when it wasn't something that was happening. You know what I mean? Well, so props to Akil for that. I think a lot of us is trying at this point. I mean, I am comfortable in saying, "Yeah, boy, doing what he can." On every conceivable front. You want an English media? Pah. Y'all wanted a playlist? Yeah. You know, I'm on some data <laughs> shit. Like, I'm doing what I can. Yeah. You know, even yeah. this summer, yo, like for LaSalle people, because you LaSalle people, yo, up in Girard Park, I'm gonna be fucking throwing shows in the park with my little amp shit that I'm gonna rent. I'm fucking make it happen. Every week, it'll be a day, which is undetermined at this time, because I haven't logistically planned it yet, but. Get a fucking QR code thing on a flyer so that anybody come through. If you're performing, you get a song on this playlist. You know, like, you know, ways that, like, but people don't come to shit. And it's really fucking psychologically taxing. Um, I'm going to keep mm-hmm. doing it. But I get why most motherfuckers stop, actually. Because it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people's uh, attention span in the city. I- I'm talking about, like, like, the, uh, the, the artists attention span in the city or their willingness to actually participate for all the talk like rico blocks god bless this guy he's one of like two people that even share my playlist like i don't know anybody else that just came up with the scheme i came up with for playlisting that helps the whole city like i did and how little love or attention it gets and i'm like you'd think this would be like a thing that like montreal people would inquire about because it's in your stats I know it's well, in your okay, stats. <laughs> I made sure it's anybody, there. <laughs> at least anybody, in, at least anybody on the playlist could be fucking helping. And we're talking you know I mean? several like, hundred people now. And yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Act, I do not want to act like I have not gotten love for it, or that I haven't gotten some like thanks for it, or that most people probably don't appreciate it. I'm saying that only 50 people hearted this motherfucker, and it's been around for almost a year and a half. Uh, maybe even longer and i'm confused <laughs> you know what i'm confused too because then like, it's like the expectation is going to be that's that i put money into paid ads to grow it or some bullshit and then like, i don't get it because yo on some other tips i could do the run it up shits with y'all like i'm you know there's so many ways to collectivize and work together but like I don't know. I feel like this that's the work part. That's the only thing I'm not compromising, bro. You're matching my energy. And that is that 90 hours a week, every week, uncompromising, no vacations, no weekends. Shut the fuck up. You can't sleep, though, because fuck that. I love sleep. <laughs> but, like, no, for real, it's every week. Go look at my ethic. It's on yeah. YouTube. Mm. I mean, and just, that's where people that... be out, bro. Everybody want to rap in a park instead or some shit. And I'm like, I get it. But, like, people got to be the ecosystem 
it can't just be your rapping and it's a party. Yeah, and like everybody expects to get everything handed to them without any of the work part of it. You know what I mean? Like me, as far as the work part of it goes, I'll do whatever I can. Bro, you was at an event. That's doing the work. You was at an event. That's doing the work. Just being at shit. Yeah, for sure. I met a I met a good kid there too. Uh, was the Gabby's like night? Was he go by now? Nineteen ninety nine or whatever. Anyway, ah, Mac vibes. That? Yeah, it's Gabby. Yeah. I should go with that. Gabby. Yeah. yeah, it's Gabby. Point. Gabby yeah, dot. I, Gabby dot. Yeah. Anyway, bro, like uh, just rando thing. Like now we're gonna be doing a track together. It's like the simple things like that. Like Cy hollering the other day. Uh, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like I, I don't know the track is necessarily gonna manifest itself. But I'll have these conversations. I'll go do these things. And if you need me for something, like I always leave that as one of my last points when we're talking or whatever. It's like, whatever you need from me, like if I can do it and it's within my realm of of ability to do, then I'll do it. Because what the fuck? Why wouldn't I do it? You know what I mean? If you're scratching my back, I'm going to scratch your back. Mm. And, if, and even if you're not, even if you're not scratching my back, we'll try and help you like get what you need. You know what I mean? Like That's that's the community shit. And you know why it matters maybe for people in our age group? Because the kids are just doing it without us and they don't fucking need us. I went to a Mike Shab show and it was like beautiful, bro. It was like all this love for two Montreal artists and nobody gave a fuck about the mainstream in that room that night. They wanted to be there for that. That was the hottest shit they could have seen and it was us. And I was like, yo, say where? And they were young. One of them kids is 16. Already crowds is turning up like that from chords in a barber shop and shit. Some girl was telling me, and I'm like, this is wild, you know. Like, we all coexist in this scene, so it's not like people don't need to figure it out. It's people above the age of 25 need to accept that we have to figure it out for ourselves because literally the, everyone else is doing it. As uh-huh. in the young people, they 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 yo yeah. they see us doing podcasts, they make podcasts, they say, and then they have time. Okay, because we don't have time. Like, I'm not talking about if you're just doing it for fun. I'm saying, like, artists that are taking their shit serious. Like, you can act like we have all the time in the world, but, like, we don't have time in the world like a little one does. So they're actually just do, you know? And, like, we do, but, like, if we want to build an ecosystem that will monetize your shit before you're dead and shit, we have to act a little bit like it's a job job, not like it's a party party. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, uh, that again goes with the, the whole like, what are what are your goals? What are your intentions? What is your drive? What is your push? Uh, like, because that's the thing. Like, yes. Uh, I don't mean as yeah, a as a like rapper. That. I mean as a community member to build oh, okay, the scene. Well, that's different, yeah. Like, what do that's you do different. on top of rapping? Like, mm-hmm. what else do you well, bring he... to? Not you, but in a hypothetical, okay. right? If you're saying you want to yeah. be like the man, man. And you want to be like recognized and loved for your rap. Like you want that to pay your bills. What else are you doing with it? What else are you bringing to the table? Like if somebody's going to give you $500 at a show, what is there really $500 of money coming back in to compensate that because your name is on a flyer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's it? I mean, you got to have that fucking, you're not getting the $500 for, uh, you know, like uh, 30 people showing up at your show paying uh, 10 bucks or 15 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're definitely not walking out with 500 bucks. But yeah, that's it. It goes without saying that you have to build your own fan base. You have to build your own community around you. Then with time and helping other people, then maybe you can grow on that tip as well too. 
but the thing that the kids definitely have an advantage on us or on me personally anyway over is uh, like uh, just using technology to their advantage, using algorithms to their advantage. Uh, you know what I mean? Like re being able to reach out to people uh, very easily. Like me, I'm learning. I'm doing it step by step. Like followers are growing. Uh, you know what I mean? Views go up I bit mean, by bit. You are doing but better than a lot of people, bro, for your ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is that, like, again, it's a not trying too hard tip, but then, like, there's days where I catch myself, I don't know, like, I'm on my phone all fucking day, like, and it, it's not necessarily a hassle, uh, because, like, I do enjoy talking to everybody. I do enjoy, you know, being um, an ear and also uh somewhat of a helpful opinion most of the time I, I like to believe hopefully uh but that being said it's like there's days where it's just like yeah okay like i don't want to answer you know a hundred messages today you know what i mean i got real shit to do in real life as well obviously like everybody you know what i mean and you know like it's just a matter of like maybe i just don't get a hundred messages like i'm not that popular bro <laughs> No, is an exaggeration, of course. But I'm just saying, like you know, like you're, you're just going off all day. Just no, going off all day. I'll be like, like that. But I, I like, I keep my shit down like this now, like all the time, and my yeah. phone's always on silent. Like when I'm on my phone, I'm on my phone like a fucking fiend. But then yeah. I know how to put it down, and I like I'll check it like maybe once in interview, just cause, you know, just in case. But like mostly i know i shouldn't and i'll keep like social media off my face and shit and that but yo that was all like i'm learning because it's real easy to get caught up in facebook drama where you start commenting on shit. that's the one thing i had to learn how to do i don't comment on shit no more i don't give a fuck oh fuck no yeah fuck no fuck no i got no time for that because if i throw that into the mix of everything else like fuck, <clears> i'm gonna be on my phone non-stop and then that's crazy yeah mm. no fuck no I even now I post milder shit because like I, I practiced inflammatory, but I got really into the comments, man. And it's like you can watch people like just break into fights over shit. And it's like, man, you can be a force for good or evil in the world. <laughs> All with like, yeah, yeah. with like, yeah, just be a post well positioned copy. And it's like this, man, it's a science. It's like so deep. That's when I like, you know, I think like foreign influence has greatly impacted our culture and we don't even know about it because of memes. Because of memeing. Yeah. Like, just yeah, memeing is that. huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, it would be really cool if you came out to the park and wrapped some of your shit. I mean, you know, come. Uh, that's that's easy. That's easy. No problem. Like, you talk about Girard Park, that's fucking five minutes away from my house. Like, yeah, I guess that, man. No we, used, we did it last summer, and motherfuckers was not coming through like that. So I'm trying harder this year to be, like, more formally inviting people and shit. But that's I want to run it every week. You know, anybody want to come yeah. rap every week? Because, yo, grandmas and shit be into it. So if we can get grandma pennies. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm down. I'm down. No, it's... Easy, I'm, an easy, I'm an easy sell, bro. No problem. Fuck. And I also do my best to uh, bring, uh, you know, whoever I can to my from my from my part of the world, too. Like, uh, my people show up pretty pretty well as far as, like, that, that stuff goes. I've been worried about crowds, right? Because we're just trying to get the people at NDG and shit. Yo, and that's just the yeah. goal. And now that like COVID done, it's basically glorified busking. I'm not gonna pretend like it's not, but it's glorified busking in the part where a lot of Anglo hip hop has a lot of history. So I feel like it's yeah. it's pretty proper, yeah. you know, like, and um, it's full of college kids with money, 
and old people. It's just really full of money right now. I live in a not poor neighborhood, people. Energy's not really cheap. It's being gentrified <laughs> like you wouldn't believe, but my rent is good. With that being said, <laughs> if you are an economist with the situation, which the rest of y'all don't have to be, but you should listen to some of us that is, daytime in the park in NDG could flip merch, CDs, and all kinds of shit if people were set up ready for it with the right microphone yeah. situation. And just yeah. as good as nighttime in a bar in another neighborhood. Yeah, believable for sure, especially if you like uh, build um, some kind of like uh, following from it and then people start getting into it and then they want to see who's next and that uh, kind of shit, you know what I mean? And then there's yeah, Thrive NDG, the Facebook group with 10,000 followers and all the drama, bro. Ooh. You just integrate Ooh. into that shit, which anyway, that's hey. I don't know if you have a local community Facebook group, bro, but find it. It's lit. You don't know it yeah, yet. Mine's uh, mine's like a Lashima style combo thing. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've I've seen it. I got introduced. Like Facebook asked me if I wanted to be into it, so I got into it. But I haven't really like delved deep into Bro. it to find out what's up. Or, you get to or... see what I like to call regular people, as in people who have never been in the music game, and what they think about everything, and that's super useful as an artist. I was just gonna say that's good knowledge to have for sure. For you get actual real opinions, you know. And you get to also find out when the cops be doing. Everybody is snitch though. You will find out your whole neighborhood is snitching. But <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's a Facebook problem to begin with. Beyond the uh, community groups, <laughs> not for Facebook real. Facebook and whatever. So, like, do you have intentions to do like an album? Or is it just going to be whatever you feel like? No, nah, it's really just a single, single, single. I mean, in the end of the day, it's definitely collect going to collect into something like that. But uh, there's no, like, if I was going to say an album, no, because an album for me would have, like, a conceptual path and, like, uh, you know, songs that were mapped out with points and reasons why they go in this particular order. You know what I mean? Me, it's just I'm making songs right now. So, like... Yeah, there will be a collective, you know, grand finale thing where it's like you can get all of it in one shot, but it's coming out as singles for now, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, this motherfucker's gonna uh, accidentally blow up. All of us out here trying, and Quest is gonna accidentally <laughs> fucking blow up. <laughs> Mister, I got a thousand views organically. Uh, I'm just like, yo, all love. Honestly, yeah, no, but that's hard as fuck. And there's a part of me that when I see shit like that, I'm like, fuck, I try so hard, (laughs) (laughs) bro. Like, I straight up, uh, it's a matter of uh, communicating with my people, that's all that is. uh, When somebody somebody hollers at me, I don't just like brush them aside and go uh, through them. I like do my best, I do my best to try and. You know, you also just came in with this big ass intro and, you know, the Rico Block single and the music video. Like, it's not like you came in with some chump shit. I like you could argue I do some chump shit and that's very fair. But like you came in with the fancy and like you did it right. And it like paid out. I wasn't really, you know, I just saw it and I was like, that's like a flex flex, you know, a thousand organic came through, got some love for that. And you see people sharing it around here and there. Like, again, yeah. you just got a little buzz thing. Okay, you got, like, a buzz thing in old man English Montreal hip-hop Facebook. 
<laughs> that like four to five hundred person collective of English old people in the city that do things related to what we do. And we're all like algorithmically connected via the same like like when you see two hundred and fifty people mutual friends. Those people <laughs> Like I said, like I said, with the, with the views or whatever, it's a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent, uh, being genuine with people. And like, like, for example, like, I don't know, I'm not going to name names, but like, there's other artists in the past that like, uh, will put something out and you know, they're not getting the steam that they want or whatever. And rather than, you know, just either keeping quiet or saying something positive, they go on a negative route and they're like, yo, share my shit or, you know, why aren't you liking my shit? People are whack or this or that. And they'll just, the population is like, bro, that's not going to help you in any way. It's only going to break it down. Number, number two for me, it's like when I say, like I put a little, like a couple of appreciation posts as the video, like numbers climbed or whatever. It was like, um, like it's genuine, bro. Like I genuinely feel like, like I'm like, yo, like I'm humbled by this shit because Again, it was what we were talking about before. People don't have to open their arms to me. Nobody owes me no shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just love. It's fucking love and it's reciprocated and it's coming through the music and then people showing me the love back by taking the fucking time out of the day. You don't have to take the time out of your day. There's like mm. a million other things you could be doing. Yeah, you know like I mean? Joey Chops so. clip that you played, bro. That was big. Getting on their shit. Uh, Yo, you, you, so you, you shared a voice note from Joey Chops of Chop Vision. Oh. Dude, yeah, yeah. this is the greatest <laughs> fucking thing I ever fucking heard in my whole fucking like, like that. It was like that. I listened to the whole voice note from that dude. Yeah. Cause and then you've been on uh, Chop Vision like twice now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the best, bro. Like he's uh, he's always been a supporting. Like forget like uh, on social media. I'm talking about like in real life. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like. uh he said it himself during the podcast. I think he's like, yo, he's like, I used to go to like family barbecues with this guy all the time and like stupid shit like that. And like, he would, every time he'd see me, he'd be like, yo, why the fuck aren't you rapping? And he'd be like angry at me. Like, he'd be yelling at me. Like he would be yell, yell everything that he says, you know? Yeah. And then that's the funny part. He's like, he'll, he'll yell at you in a negative and then he'll also yell at you when he's happy and positive too. He's yo, he, yelling all the time. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. Everybody thinks they might be the best podcaster in the city. Nabi, I think it's Joey Chops. I think Joey Chops is the number one podcaster that I have encountered in this city. It's none of us rapper types. I think I'm top five. Don't get me wrong. That's some ego shit for sure. But like I heard him do his shit and it was like, nah, hats off B. You're the podcast guy. And it's done. I mean, yo, he's got, it's funny because that's just him, bro. He's not, I think that's the beauty. I think that's the, the hidden gem to, I don't want to go too crazy with it, but to life is that like, whatever you apply realness to whatever you're doing, like if it's an artistic thing that you're doing, mm. it's always going to show. It's always going to be translated. You can't, you know what I mean? Like when you fake, people will know you're fake. When you're real, people will know you're real. Uh, and if they like it, cool. If they don't like it, then that's not them. And it is what it is. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know how else to put it. It's like a very brass tack, simple way to put it. But it's the but that's the so, facts like, of uh, it. But we also gotta remember, and this is like unfortunately real. But like, I highly remember that everybody love everybody brainwashing of elementary school, and like 
there is a degree of programming that I find it really hard when I'm not accepted by my peers because I think I was taught that I have to be. And I don't know how to fully yeah. cope with that shit. Now, I have learned, yo, once you have people who will hate you forever, no matter what you do enough times, you learn that you will inevitably not like be liked by the world and you get used to it and shit. Then it gets simpler. But like until that like really happens... Yo, you be constantly trying to be liked by people until you accept that you'll never win that battle. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'll put it this way. Like, round one when it came to uh, me doing music, that was me. That was me, like, looking for love in all the wrong places, uh, looking for, like, you know what I mean? Like, if somebody gave me a negative feedback, I would take it way too much to heart or whatever. Mm. Now it's like, bro, like, uh, I don't know, fucking I'll come and play like uh, a song for Santino and fucking Adam. These are like two guys. Adam is like the guy that filmed all my shit back in the day. He's always been around us. And then like uh, Santino is hot six. He used to be in our group and shit. And they'll come and they'll tell me uh, like all the shitty parts of my music. And like, I love hearing it. It's like the reverse now. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Like I take, and like, obviously it comes from the people of opinions that I trust. You know what I mean? If it was like some random Joe Blow telling me, I'd be like, all right, cool. And you don't like it, you don't like it. You know what I mean? But these guys, I'm flipping it and I'm taking whatever they say is like negative. They'll also tell me like what they like. They're not just assholes. You know what I mean? But that being said, like, uh, you know what I mean? I'll take their, their negative comments and I'll be like, okay, I'll switch that or I'll change that or I'll make it different next time. You know what I mean? But I also don't put like a stupid amount of thought into it like I used to. I'll take it. You know, put it into the file of like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna potentially change that for the better, and then move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? And it's, but that's all important. I think you said yeah. some big shit there. Like for one thing, I don't like a lot of people's feedback because most of the time, it's not that I don't appreciate your feedback. It's that feedback is a volume issue, and when like literally 78 people give me conflicting arguments in the span of three days, it's complicated. That's what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you ask yeah. people for that's why I will never do that. Tell me what you think about my song shit. Like, frankly, yeah, I'm I'm good for the most part. Like some people, okay, mm-hmm. you're in the circle. I'd be sending you shit. You know, if you have thoughts. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, don't get me wrong. Like the reason I mentioned those two is because yeah, there's a solid I don't know. Let's call it maybe eight to ten people that I will send my shit before it's even close to being ready to be put out. Because I want to know their opinion. Other than that, everybody else's opinion is their opinion mm. and their right to have their opinion. Period. That's that's it. Like, but those eight to ten, it's just a matter of. Uh, it's not like I'm looking for like legitimacy or I'm looking for like authenticity from them. It's just a matter of I just want to know what they think. Period. You well, know? like I like to play shit for my girlfriend because I need to know if it's some fucking as I like to call it white girl stripper shit or not like there's this signal she'll <laughs> give me right so depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on if she bops her head or how she moves to the song all right okay that's mm-hmm. the lane we in over here and then i'll send it to different guys so if vince price hates it i'm on some pop shit vince price hates a lot of music. <laughs> that's ah fucks with vince price so much because that dude just does like he's like you're doing well this is just not my cup of tea and i'm like that's fair yeah, yeah, <laughs> at least he gives you like a back-ended compliment you know <laughs> i mean like when i want to be on my grimy bag i can impress a vincent price but like i just don't yeah. he wants to listen to like fucking coke dealing violence and i'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. it's like 
here and there him, for, for fun. I'll do something like that. I see him listening to like his playlist of having like Rock Marciano and like uh, Stove God Cooks and like Griselda. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like that's his playlist. Yeah, I like I go by his house and he's like fucking showing me like Flea Lord and shit, and I'm like, yeah, yeah and I yeah, respect it. It's yeah, great yeah. music. That's what he loves. That's listen to the beats he makes. Uh, they sound like you know crimes are gonna happen at some point. Exactly. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grabbed his like one. EDM sounding beat and paid him for that shit. I'm like, fuck that. Oh, yeah, you had one? Yeah. You had one? <laughs> yeah, I grabbed it. One Vincent, it sounds nothing like any of that Vincent Price shit y'all have. It's more like, like that kind of shit. It's like oh, a dance wow. song. And I heard that and I was, that was the Vincent Price I wanted. But man, I don't even think he's excited for this song. He's like, bro. That's not the beat I care about. I'm on some fucking making music with Raskas and fucking these guys. Yeah. And I'll yeah, give a yeah, fuck yeah. about your fucking techno song shit. <laughs> He's like, thanks for the money, but no, no, it's it. not even like that. He 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 absolutely thinks the song is like good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he he had to oh, cut. Well, it's mostly made. We're making the song. Okay. I'm I'm okay, okay, okay. I'm working with the Laura uh, the Lorelai. My part's me. done. But the okay, feature yeah. part's not fully recorded and finalized. But let's say we're at we're at like ninety percent of the song being done, but almost done, and it sounds okay. ill. But genre wise, he'd be wanting to That's listen. Not his. It's not where he's at. Yeah, it's not his thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. And then maybe in three years, it's where he's at again, and he'll be so glad. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna change with the face, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But either way, I actually like that shit. I kind of like the fact that I could just be friends with that dude and it's not like I'm not trying to get beats off of him because frankly, he's not making beats I want right now because they're ill. But like, yo, he'd be wanting yes. other shit. So our relationship's just so like, yeah, it's it's friends. Like we hang out, we've shared. Food, yeah, it's real. It's real. You know, yeah. like. That's cool because I met a lot of people on the internet, and not a lot of things ended up like that. Yeah, it's like you said, people put out a certain persona that they don't necessarily live in real life. Unfortunately, when it comes to the internet, I like to try to uh, be as real as possible and as authentic as possible, like online as I am, you know, in real life. And then, like you know, it depends on people's opinions of you too, right? Like, I mean, maybe people will people will hear this and say like, "Oh, that's not true. That's not how he really is." But the people that know me I mean, know that that's who I am. You're literally, you know? like Rico Blacks was saying, that's who you are. <laughs> All yeah, I've ever well, heard I mean, about you is you're a great guy. I've never heard a damn negative thing about you. I swear. <laughs> uh, well, it depends on who you ask. But yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, like, it's all about uh, the, the, the whole positive mindset shit, man. It's just... I put that out into the world. Some people accept it. Some people don't. Some people are ready for it. Some people aren't. And uh, the ones that are stick with me and the ones that aren't. I mean, I don't really run into very many people that are like anti. Who's anti being positive? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that's like a a thing. They're the only ones. Yes, to to an extent. But like even them, like you can. I'm not trying to say like I'm trying to turn them. But like most of the time they can turn a corner too. Because they they definitely they want to be happy. They just, you know, there's some shit that's going wrong or there's some shit that, you know, they're not dealing with or whatever the case may be. But if you talk to them and you open their door a little bit and try and like creak that door open and be like, hey, you know, 
there's still some light on the other side of this shit. General, generally speaking, most people are receptive to that. You know what I mean? Most people want that. Most people want to be happy. They don't want to walk around being sad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's my opinion anyway. Yeah, some people do like being miserable, but it's because they don't know they deserve happy. I guess, yeah. But then once they get the taste of happy, they that changes most of the time, no? Wouldn't you say? After a lot of basically therapy level shit, yeah. It's not quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, oh, bro, I'm not saying it's like a, no, but like, like a night and day thing, but yeah. I have a lot of trouble with being happy, like in the way that you would think. Like, yo, you get happiness and then you have imposter syndrome immediately after and you doubt everything and you go through a bunch of weird fucking psychological hurdles and it's not just like you get to be happy. It's a struggle mm-hmm. for me to be happy. It's a stupid mm-hmm. sentence to a lot of people, but my homeostasis is not super happy. So I have to work to achieve happiness in my life. And when things are like flowing proper and I put the effort in and I have to work out to do all kinds of shit to be happy, that's healthy and like not stupid. And you know, I can't be buying a bunch of stupid shit. I have to make sure there's still money in my account. When I do all of this shit, I will then be less miserable and moving more, you know? So it's like, nah, like sometimes happiness, like it's hard. Um, I'm appreciative and I'm grateful and I'm humble a bunch. Not always, but like happiness is weird. You know, like sometimes I just, I wake up mad as fuck over nothing. And it takes me like an hour just to get the mad as fuck out of me. Just so I'm not miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, trust me, bro. Like, uh, I'm not saying I walk around here and I'm like fucking happy go lucky every day. I have my bad days too and shit. But no, I mean I wake up. The thing is, every day, you know, like okay, so you every, gotta you gotta flip that. You gotta flip that every day. Every day, and it's like, mm-hmm. and if I don't put that, so I walk. You know, I came up with my own habits, but like I'm just saying, for a percentage of people, I don't even know how big it is. It's hard. And when you taste happiness, sometimes you have to, like, the first time you might get jealous because you're like, yo, I want my whole life and I never got this before. Like, yo, there may be, there'd be mind fucks that go into some yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, but this is, all, this is all stuff that you kind of manifest into your own head in the sense that, like, you allow uh, a story or a thing or something to manipulate that to make your brain think that uh-huh. way because – if you if you kind of switch it and you just be like, look, like, yeah, I don't have this, yeah, I don't have that, but then you take a look at what you do have, you know what I mean? Like, so I much worse, bro. Right? I agree with you, man. Yeah. As as a thirty four year old with a good decade of practice, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it took eight nine years to be comfy. It took like, oh, bro! Like everybody's process is everybody's process. I'm not. Trying that's to that's it. Because you, you're, you're. It was in response to wouldn't they want happiness? And I'm saying eh, it's hard. I want it, mm. but it's hard, hard, hard to achieve. Now I'm also I'm saying that with all the caveats of you should do it right. Like this isn't me saying no. I don't believe in that excuses shit. I'm more like yo, I actually did it. Hold up, I did some of these things, but like. It is hard and everybody's going to have their own triggers. And I'm just saying sometimes happiness is weird because then your support systems might be off and then, you know, like you will get anyway. It's complicated. You're right, though, because I do think you should be trying to achieve this better state of existence for yourself. Of course. And like another thing, too, is that you have to uh, and this comes with like age and time and wisdom and experience and shit. But like 
people and things in life are always going to disappoint you. You're never going to ever mm. get like, like I always say, I always use the expression peaches and lemons, right? Like peaches is like fucking good and like lemons is shit, right? You're always going to get lemons, bro. And it's a matter of, are you going to let that fucking lemon like ruin your day, your week, your month? Or are you going to assess the problem, do whatever you can to fix that problem, get over that hump and move forward and like look for the next piece. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you got to live, man. Like if you like dwell on that shit too long, it's going to eat you alive. And if you fucking, you know, of course, like, bro, what was it the other week? My tire blew. Uh, I got a scratch on my car. Uh, I burnt the shit out of my foot in Mexico. Like I can't even walk on my foot for like five days. Like a bunch of like a succession of things happened to me. And like, I was thinking about it in my head. I'm like, an old me was like, oh yeah, I got uh, double taxed by the government because of Serb and all this shit. Like just a bunch of a bunch of bullshit in like in a row, right? And all that to be said, it's like old me that might have fucked me up for like a couple weeks in the sense of like you know oh, I'm just sad and I'm like this sucks and that sucks and this and that. And bro, it literally took me like I don't know like a day or two like i corrected all my problems however i had to correct them and like i'm you know my foot obviously doesn't go away in a day but like i've fucking been taking care of it blah 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 and it's like you know i'm already back to myself back to being happy like i'm not gonna let it eat me i'm not gonna let it destroy my my week you know what i mean like fuck that shit yeah, bro. Like, life's too life. short, man. something like that like now yo i could probably get back in a day or two but, you know, depending on what it is, that shit might fuck me up for, like, four weeks of, like, I'm not it. Like, shit will happen, and it'll be, like, a four or five weeks. That shit used to be four or five months, though. So, to me, it's, okay. like, relative. So, that's, so that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. But for I'm cool with saying all this shit just because I just want somebody to hear what you're saying just in, like, the response. And just if you iron that group of people where it's not easy, just, you know, like, yo, it is a process sometimes. I'm not like mm -hmm. I get you, but I also agree with everything Quest is saying because like literally everything he's saying is hard facts about how you attract success in your life. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. People are attracted to that positive, genuine attitude and care. It's the willingness to care at the level that you do, mm -hmm. and maybe just in your case, you have such a powerful support system because of that at this point that it's just psh, magic in your life. Um, but that, and I'm saying even that work towards it. Like to me, these is goals that people should be working towards. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like it's like, uh, and again, that goes with saying, like you say, like a powerful support system. Of course I do. Uh, I have definitely like huge positive influences in my life and all that shit, but I, I definitely do rely on them for certain things, but a lot of it is definitely coming from me and me wanting to do that and me mm. switching that mindset. To, to do that you know what i mean like and again with no disrespect like people help me all the fucking time don't get it twisted like no, all the time people help you have me. to accept the help but, right like that's a huge part yeah. of it like if somebody be throwing a life preserver you kind of still have to grab and you know do your end of it don't get me wrong of course yeah but that being said it's like it starts it always 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 starts with you like period like there's no there's no beating around the bush on that shit like um i won't mention his name but like uh, i have someone in my life that's going through divorce and all kinds of shit, kids, etc. And he's on a constant down. And I always like in the beginning, like I wanted to, um, 
in the beginning, like, because of the scenario and how harsh it was, I was, like, trying my best to just give him, like, the, uh, oh, things will turn around and you got to, you know, smile and do this and that. Then after a while, I started to say, I got kind of blunt with him. And this is someone who's very close in my life. And again, I'm not going to say his name out loud because it's not for me to air out his shit. But um, with him, it was just a matter of, like, I was turning around at one point and he would message me a bunch of shit and, like, oh, this sucks, that sucks, this sucks. And I go, okay, what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? That kind of answer. And sometimes, you know, like, after a, a bunch of coddling, sometimes people need to hear that shit. And, you know, it's not fully turned around for him, but he's starting to turn around. You know what I mean? And then that being said, I'll still give him, like, the, uh, you know, how are you doing? Okay, well, what are you doing for this? Like, I'm not just telling him, like, go do it and not giving him any advice. I'm going to give him advice as well, too, on, like, how to fix it. Bro, like, nobody but... be like Cuesta. Cuesta be like a one in a million motherfucker right here. Y'all best do. If, you're, if Cuesta be giving you that TLC in your life, <laughs> buy the man a, a drink or whatever, steak or something, because that's some uh, honorable yeah, ass shit, bro. I appreciate that, but, I mean, it's not... Um... It's not like on a no point system shit. It's like really, because like no, always, but bro, you know like, that expression: "Give a motherfucker his flowers before he die." Ah, thank you. That's yeah, kind of yeah, like but, um, half the shit I be trying to do with this channel, mixed with like a few other things. But like when I when I hear something that's truly an admirable like personality trait in my eyes, because obviously that part, but it has to be recognized because people need to see the like dope shit people can be maybe people don't know uh, that man. that's that dope shit i mean uh, i appreciate the compliment don't get me wrong but uh that's just easy for me it's like how i want to live my life you know what i mean and how I, and then again like i said it always and like it's not the point of it but it always reciprocates always 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 like anytime you put that shit out in the world anytime you try and help you get help uh you get just things just happen bro it's like it's uh, there's no real like like, again, I don't want to get spiritual or too karmic, karmic with it or whatever, but, like, it's such a force in life that it's, like, it's, it's, be, it's I, impossible to ignore. It's I, impossible to ignore once you start doing it. I'm, like, with you, though. I would have made fun of that shit 10 years ago, possibly. Me, too. But Me now too, I'm yeah. sitting here being, like, shit. Like, there's this philosophy with rich people that the more you spend money, the more you get back. And you see it with shit like wedding gifts and presents. So if you put $1,000 into a birthday present of somebody worth more than you, you're getting a $10,000 present back. Yeah, yeah, most likely. And this isn't meant to, look, like people document this shit. It's not like I'm looking at it for malicious reasons. It's just the facts of the flow of how it works. And yeah. it's not telling you to be like that, but it's saying like that's why people spend money. Because people who know you spend money, if you, people know you spend money, then you get included in the circles where money circulates. And if people think you don't spend money, you're never going to get invited to circles where money. That's honestly the best defense I can give for fashion. The fact that you have a <laughs> yeah. matching po yeah. polo to your hat and it looks like you put effort into that. And you're not afraid to spend a dollar to get the right thing. That yeah, is a good. signal to people with money that a lot of people don't even know about yeah 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 well i mean perception is obviously a big thing but like uh i do this shit just because i like being fresh <laughs> personally if it's on the fashion trip but i understand what you're saying 100 percent. and like the only thing i wish i could do and i i have been doing it over the past few years is apply this uh philosophy to uh getting money and i actually 
doing something in the next couple of weeks, I'm switching jobs and uh, it's going to become like a lot more lucrative for me. Again, this is all personal shit. I won't get too deep on, but like uh, just the sense of like that door opened again on some positive tip shit. You know what I mean? Like me communicating, me uh, being open with this person. And this is the person who's going to be like my eventual boss for a while. And uh, again, it, it translated all from, again, me just being open, me being positive, me exploring opportunities. And then when the door opens, don't be afraid to go through the door. It's mm. the other part of it, too. Because motherfuckers be getting door. doors open in their face left, yeah. right, center, and then complain about yeah. how the door is ugly. Yeah, exactly, right? Or, like, I don't want to touch the knob because it's dirty or something, you know? Like, yeah. And you're like, bro, you, like, anyway, I, I mean... I am all for the love of all the great things I see, but sometimes you, you do hear a lot of frustrations or you hear stereotypes. And Rico Blocks might be the only guy that can talk to me about some of his complaints that have legitimacy because he's coming from an era where people like me were who he was dealing with. And I remember what people like me were like, and fair enough. But the little ones aren't people like me. And something changed and if you're not doing the effort to learn that like the world isn't what it was and the little ones are really positive, then it's like that's on you still in a way where yeah, yeah. I arguably back in the day we didn't have the tools to know. But now we do. So it's like you choose a lot of the things that happen. Like if you if it's like if you can't like if I didn't have money for beats and I didn't try to make my own beats, I'm just a dork at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean what are you doing, fucker? coasting along and uh like what are you expecting like somebody to just hand you that shit for free it's literally like, what everyone's expecting all the time a hundred percent every yeah, one of them yeah but but what what part of life works like that the fantasy that, the, you know the like, pink rosed view of the past before payola was in marketing or some shit like really it's preposterous <laughs> the second you learn about music history the dream that gets sold in indie rap keep in mind i'm not talking about montreal I'm talking about this wave of fucking Facebook group people and this shit I see in these these purest posts and it's not like here. And you might not see these people because you might not be a sadist in album review land trying to understand who the fuck's going to ever watch your album reviews. And it, it's 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 weird, okay? Like it's just weird the shit they believe. Like, like when I say that mm -hmm. mumble rap shit, like nah, B, it's like people will just apply a lot of close-mindedness to a lot of youthful-oriented mm -hmm. things on some desire to get famous for themselves, always. Yeah, yeah, there's always, like, a secret agenda. But the, also the problem is, too, is that the second that you start doing too much of that or you start being that person, then you're obviously going to fade away as far as, like, new culture goes. I mean, if you can't adapt and listen to the new shit... Like, I have a buddy, he's, like, stuck in, like, 2006 when it comes to hip-hop. Like, he doesn't go beyond 2006, and he'll argue that all these people are the fucking best rappers and nothing since then that's come out has been good and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, do you, do you like, not love hip-hop? Or do you not love rap? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I love rap. And I'm like, well, you clearly don't because you're not willing to, like evolve with it you know what i mean it's always hip-hop or any musical genre is always going to evolve and if you want to like get stuck in the dust like i mean it's just like, don't get me wrong if you want to stay like listening to that shit then by all means but you're going to be missing out on a whole bunch of great things that are going to come within the next 10 20 30 fucking 40 years however however much time you have on this planet so you know what i mean 
Facts. So I'm always I'm always gonna be a fucking an ear a fan. Granted, being an older head, yeah, okay, sometimes I gotta sift through a lot to find stuff that I like. But that's just my personal opinion, and I don't dismiss it like it's not good either. You know what I mean? Like, bro, my boy, my boy Kenny, the guy in the thumbnail, all he listens to is reggaeton and uh, like uh, South American shit. And like, we were in Miami. He came with me to Miami with uh, this other friend Michelle, and the whole time, uh, I was like, oh, I was gonna. I told him I'm gonna commandeer your speaker. I'm gonna put like uh, I don't know, like hip hop. Like he hates Drake, so I always say I'm gonna put Drake on and <laughs> whatever. And the whole time, all we listened to was reggaeton. And granted, it's not my favorite genre but fuck bro like we're in mexico the timing's right uh you know what i mean like everybody else is vibing to it it just works and like i had a great time listening to reggaeton all fucking week i didn't even hear a hip-hop song for like a week you know what i mean which is not like me ever you know so yeah i appreciate that just just opening your mind is my point it's the bottom line you know maybe i just got blessed being a fan of new metal when i was 12 but it was never about genre lines it was about breaking them back when i was young in my little and then i found out nobody else liked that shit to be honest back then like like new metal was not and then what's wild is it's hot now like right now it's a huge genre and it's back Yeah, yeah yeah but like yeah. I had to go through like twenty years of people making fun of my love of new metal on the real. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. But bro, like that's the thing. Like if you like it, um, then who the fuck is the next person to say that it's not good or anything? And that goes with like people like, who like Slayer and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I say you're gonna go to the old heads of metal. I'm <laughs> the old like, heads of rap. Ain't nobody. All the old heads was mad at new metal. All of them. <laughs> too loud for their old ears well it's because it was basically whiny rap so the rap heads was mad because it's whiny emo rap over whiny emo metal yeah so it's like both you're offending both yeah it was not well received (laughs) to me it was the illest shit i ever heard back then like lincoln park is the greatest shit to ever happen to music in my opinion (laughs) i mean that's the thing like with me too like it wasn't something I necessarily seeked out, but that being said, I've heard good Lincoln Park songs. You know what I mean? Like uh, as an example, you know what I mean? So it's a matter of giving everything at least a shot. Facts. That's the point. You know what I mean? If you don't give it a shot, then, then you're just being ignorant and you're just saying, I hate this and I'm not even going to bother to listen to it. You know? Yeah. I'm without a bunch of shit. I would love to keep this going forever because mm-hmm. you're a really interesting dude, but I have to go rap in VR land in like 20 minutes. So I feel like it's a good time to like wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's been a really riveting conversation. My rule of thumb is I don't usually go this deep like on a Monday anymore. I used to try hard to go long. And then, you know, you're episode 152. So the nostalgia is like, you know, I'm sorry. The novelty of it all is not the same. <laughs> You're getting jaded. You're getting jaded in your um, podcast. Dude. It's it's not that. It's it's um the like forty seventh time I felt exhausted on a Tuesday and then had to go stream the night. You know, like yo, I I'm in my thirties and I have to kind of consider like, is this going to be the hottest episode in history? Maybe not. 
okay not to say it's not a dope one but like we're saying in history because we talking about pushing life you know it's like you have to make questions like that and that's not even questions i can answer that's is there like 47 people like numbers i don't have are that many people there okay then we running it late and shit like that because it's a show at that point <laughs> but otherwise yeah, yeah. it's all about the organics of the situation of life um i feel mm -hmm. like this was a really amazing conversation. It's one of those ones where, like, I really wish more people would see this shit sometimes. Because, like, yo, we'd be talking about all kinds of real human shit. And I think other people would feel cool, like, you know, with it. Like, it's cool to see Rico Blocks running through the whole time. But, like, I love these ones the most. Where it's less, like, a uh, biography of rap stats and more, like, real shit. Because those are cool conversations just to have. I mean, yeah, bro, it's, uh, that goes with, like, uh, anything, like, forget being on a podcast, forget doing any of that shit, it's, like, I'm always gonna, personally, I'm always gonna talk like this, I'm off the cuff, I'm from the heart, uh, I have opinions, and, you know, sometimes my opinions are popular, sometimes they aren't, generally speaking, with uh, a positive mindset, though, like, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to keep going back to that, like, that's the only thing I do there, but, like, I'm just saying, like, it kind of um, always seems to work itself out and guide guide itself through its own conversations in that sense. You know what I mean? Like uh, I can like I can talk to the grimiest motherfucker on the block, and I can talk to the CEO because I'm always just gonna be me. Like, and everybody's gonna. Some people might not respect it, but generally speaking, nah, I hear what you're saying. And I think that yeah. people respond well to energies that are authentic. Like, if they could understand mm -hmm. that your intentions are what they are and they believe that then you're in like this really powerful position in a sense because you can be yourself and not have to fucking worry about some shit which means people will mm -hmm. trust you more mm -hmm. well i mean that also comes through with like we were talking about with like age and shit it's like to the point now bro it's like where like i have enough friends i have enough people in my life and it's like mm. you can either accept me you can accept me or you can leave me you know what i mean i'm, I'm good <laughs> and i've been through the i've been through the ringer when it comes to emotional shit and like life shit to the point where, you know, like I've seen friends pass, I've seen go to jail, I've seen my parents pass, I've seen, uh, you know what I mean? I went through a fucking full on marriage to full on divorce when I thought I was going to be in that shit for life. So there's, I want to say my armor is, you know, impenetrable. I'm obviously still like I have a heart and shit hurts me. But that being said, it's very, it's very tough to get there. It's very tough to, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you just story. sound like a proper modern day man like a real man yeah, i mean because like not like the old school it. standards of man but like what the kids be calling manly which is different it's authentic it's like you feel shit but you can handle shit and it's some yeah. beautiful shit yeah well that's it that's it i mean like uh you know some people get stuck in like you said that old school mentality where it's like you can't uh like emote or you can't show feeling and shit like that and that's bullshit because that's not real life like you're just you're just being like a shell of what you really could be at that point you know what i mean like and it's not like i'm trying to say like you got to walk around with like your fucking heart on your sleeve all day uh, you like go that far. sometimes you should it's the no. middle it's the middle it's like the, yeah, the time and placing balance. of it all balance. sometimes yeah, it's balance. the heart on your sleeve time sometimes it's the mm -hmm. keep your heart up inside your chest and shh time yeah exactly and if that's what i'm saying like if you don't have anything uh like it sounds like a stupid cliche old thing to say like your mom would probably tell you this but like if you don't have anything nice to say don't fucking say anything at all you know what i'm saying like sometimes nice. you know what i mean unless you have to chime in unless it's a necessity that 
you have to put someone in their place, which obviously happens in life. But other than that, you know, what's it going to solve? What's it going to prove? What's it going to help? Is it going to make the, the conversation or the whatever you're having with this person turn to the negative anyway? So what, what's negativity going to help? Fuck, nothing. Nothing, man. And if you're going to complain, have a solution or be working on some shit. Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't just fucking come with the uh, the shitty part of the, or sorry, the negative part of the fucking situation. Like, come with a fucking proper solution and come with an answer, come with some kind of advice, Facts. you know, like that kind of shit, for sure, yeah, 100%. Yo, I appreciate you, Cuesta Stills. Um, yeah. You're a super interesting dude. Um, I look forward to talking to you more as life goes on. Um and I appreciate everybody that came through to watch this. Y'all can find his links in the description of the video. And it's Questa514 on Instagram for you audio people. And then you can figure it out from there. Um, mm -hmm. On that note, though, for real, it was a blessing to have you come through. Uh, if you didn't watch this live, check it out, whatever. Y'all get the same spiel. But thank you. I forgot to thank the non-live people. That's it. When you have two audiences, the live and the non-live, you have to thank them both. Thank everybody. Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good shit. Um, I don't know if you have any like final things you want to say to them, to the world as we take off. Uh, I mean, the last thing uh, would just be that Good Kids is coming out. Uh, good Kids sound bad. That should be out this Friday. Uh, it's already on YouTube, but uh, I'm gonna like release it for Spotify and all streaming platforms uh, this Friday. And uh, yeah, live your life. Life is in the building. Yo, on that note then yo live long and prosper everyone ah. i swear that's how i end my shit and I